Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. And also, too, you can watch any of our other five live shows throughout the week, including this one, Second City Sports. If you have to miss any of our live shows, you can go back and listen and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago, all social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Sports Zone Shy. Once again, at Sports Zone Shy, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, you can do so by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. Just type in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have an opinion on any of our topics that we are going to cover during this two-hour extravaganza, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something stupid, Lakina will give you the Tristan Thompson boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love what I say that. Like, you know, let's kick off this Monday edition of Second City Sports uh, with college basketball. We, for the third time in five years, uh, two of our teams from the great state of, of the land of Lincoln, that's the Illinois Fighting Illini and Loyola Ramblers of Chicago, will represent this great state in the NCAA tournament. Of course, the Fighting Illini will take on the, uh, they're the fourth seed in the South region. They'll take on the number 13 seeded Chattanooga Mox on Friday, late Friday afternoon. But in the same region, number seven, Ohio State, will face the number 10 seed, Loyola Ramblers of Chicago in the south region. That game will be seen on CBS on Friday at 11.15 a.m. in the morning. Lakina, we did our show last night with Andy Mazer, breaking down all, all the, um, the the brackets from all four regions. For those of you that missed it, you can go to Sports on Chicago on YouTube or Sports on Chicago on Facebook, and you can watch the episodes there real we'll, retweet the links out leading up to uh, the big tournament, which starts on Thursday. We know about the first four playing games on Tuesday and Wednesday, but uh, if you are uh, if you know your history like we do, 
the, the, the tournament actually starts on Thursday, but we'll retweet the, the links out today, tomorrow, and then leading up to Thursday's uh, tournament opener. Uh, so you can catch uh, our picks along with Andy Mason's picks from WGN Radio Chicago. Lakina, uh, Illinois, uh, a few weeks ago, many people picked them to go to the Final Four. Uh, I wasn't on that camp, but looking at that bracket yesterday when they were released, uh, there's an opportunity for them to go for perhaps the Sweet 16, in my opinion. Well, but also, too, they could upset, too, I mean, that uh, Tennessee mm-hmm. Chattanooga team, you know, Malachi Smith, who is from Illinois, boy, he's went to Belleville. You know, he's one of the guys, you know, the veteran guys on that squad. So I, I don't look. I know that maybe Illinois may not Illinois fans may not know too much about Chattanooga, but he's one of the main players on mm-hmm. that team. And look, I know that uh, Kofi Coburn, I guess, that said something, I guess, on um, on social media, I guess, and saying that not necessarily disrespecting the the mocks of uh, of Chattanooga, but sort of you know saying that hey, you know, not not necessarily like guaranteeing that they'll go to the Final Four, but you know we're gonna go mm-hmm. far and such so uh, you better hope that you know that the the tennessee mocks don't don't take that personally so you better be careful what you know how he said that but you know look could they look they're one of those feature famine teams could they go far maybe go to elite eight sure but could they very well lose to chattanooga sure i mean it's sort of one of those things where when you're in a one or another situation in the tournament you know that that's what you know that that's usually what happens so uh you know they got a lot of big guys up up, up front Chattanooga does and so it's going to be interesting to see you know how they match that Cabello has to step up Trent Frazier has to step up you know Coburn has to kind of put his money where his mouth is if you will so it's sort of one of those things where you're kind of like okay you know what I don't want to go too far into this because we, mm-hmm. I want to get to some of these other games you know in the Loyola game as mm-hmm. well but if you're Illinois I think you better I would say just don't just don't take them lightly that's all I'll say on that on that front yeah, we talked about this on our show with Andy Mazur last night, and you can go back and watch it on YouTube or uh, fa- Facebook uh, via Sports on Chicago's pages. And we talked about Illinois ha- having trouble the last couple of years, especially with the with the athletic big man, especially if Kobe Cobra gets into foul trouble. And like you said, Illinois has to be aware that you have to have other guys step up, like Jacob Granderson, Trent Frazier, my guy Alfonso Plummer, you know. Uh, he's a very streaky shooter, but you, you need some scoring. What about Coleman Hawkins coming off the bench? He did very well in their loss last Friday against Indiana in the in the Big Ten tournament. So you had to have other guys step in regardless. But like you said, Illinois has to put their money where their mouth is, especially after what happened a year ago, losing to Loyola in the round of 32. And I think that's what I'm sure those you know a lot of those guys that, are, that were there you know, are probably still thinking about that. So maybe they'll, they'll use it as motivation. Who knows? But like I said, you know, we've seen Illinois, you know, do very well, but we saw what happened in the big turn term against Indiana. They just <laughs> didn't show up and didn't hit their shot. So either way, these things could happen. But again, we'll see. We'll see. Now in the other uh, game in the South bracket featuring our Illinois, Illinois teams, I should say, the Loyola Ramblers of Chicago will, will face the number seven seed Ohio State Buckeyes. As I mentioned before, that game will be seen on CBS at 11.15 Chicago time on Friday morning. Lakina, Bray Norris, uh, and Lucas Williamson will lead this bunch of uh, new-look Ramblers. That's a very that's a very different team. And of course, they went to the Final Four in 2018, led by uh, ex-head coach Porter Moser. But Drew Valentine, in his first year at the age of 30, has uh, led this team uh, to the NCAA ter- tournament once again. I believe this is the first time in school history they went to uh, they have gone to the NCAA tournament in back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is true. And 
Um, look, you got a lot. Look, this is this is the, those guys first real Lucas Lucas Williamson and such. I mean, they 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 know how to do it. They're not the bright lights is not going to be you know they're not going to be afraid of Ohio State or whatever. So you know this is a seven ten matchup. You can probably say that Ohio State could this could, could, could reverse that that Loyola should have been the seven and Ohio State should have been the ten. But you know mm-hmm. what, this should be a really good game regardless. I mean, it's can't if 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 if. The Rambos can force Ohio State to, you know, to make you know bad shots early, and they can tend to do that. Then we'll probably see if they, you know, maybe they can pull off uh, the. I wouldn't say upset because a seven ten, seven ten to me is up there with the eight or nine because who mm-hmm. if it's a coin flip. But you know, then they could definitely pull off it. But you know, if we saw what happens, some they play uh, Ohio State kind of plays a similar style to Drake. So and they had a hard time with Drake. Now they they, they did beat Drake, you know, the third time mm-hmm. to clinch the uh, the ticket, but. You know, it's sort of one of those things where, again, you don't know what's what's going to happen. So we'll we'll see what happens in this game on Friday. I thought that Seth Davis of CBS Sports brought up a great point last week when Loyola uh, beat Drake for the Missouri Valley Conference tournament title. Uh, Cameron Cugway was a key factor in upsetting Illinois in last year's turn- tournament because uh, he's an athletic big guy that will not only play defense, but he could score around the basket as well. Loyola doesn't have that this year. They have a bunch of shooters, and they get in your chest for 40 minutes. And I want to see if they could keep up with that intensity uh, in this game against Ohio State coming up on Friday because E.J. Liddell is a beast inside. For those of you that haven't watched Ohio State basketball from the Big Ten all season, E.J. Liddell is a beast, and he's going to be tough to contain. Loyola is going to depend on their uh, defensive style big time. Now, who's going to be that third guy to step up for Loyola from the offensive end? We shall see, but they're going to need someone to step up to help up Brayden Norris and Lucas Williamson. Interesting to see. Excuse me. Interesting to see what happens with that because I feel like this mm-hmm. is sort of an. This could be another one of those, you know, like I said, those toss-up games where you could probably either one of those scenarios could happen. So mm-hmm. it's going to depend on what what can they do to kind of like get the you know, force you know, Ohio State to make your know, tough shots, and I'm sure mm-hmm. Ohio State will try to you know force loyal to to force shots as well. So it's going to be this. It's going to be a chess match to see who ends up you know doing what. But it'll be this will be this should be another good game on like I said on Friday. Yes, and as I said before, the, that game will be seen on CBS Friday morning at 11.15 a.m. Central Standard Time. That's Loyola and Ohio State. You're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in the 11 color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sarah Kina here with you for this first half hour. We're breaking down some of the key games in the 2022 men's NCAA bracket, which was released yesterday. Lakina, I want to go to the West bracket. Of course, Gazaga's in the Overall, number one seed, they'll face Georgia State. I'm liking this 8-9 matchup with Boise State and Memphis. Of course, you have number four, Arkansas versus, versus Vermont. And this is an, another matchup that I'm looking forward to. I'm calling it right now with an upset. Uh, number 10, Davidson versus another seven, Michigan State. Well, look, it could be. I mean, look, if Davidson hits their threes, sure. I mean, they, 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 could, they mm-hmm. could probably upset Michigan State, but again, you know, there's seven ten, so it wouldn't be considered an upset in my opinion. But like I said, if they mm-hmm. if they make their threes, I think Davidson could probably pull off the you know quote unquote upset, you know, and whatnot. But it'll be interesting to see what what that one does. Uh, Alabama and whoever wins the Rutgers uh, Notre Dame uh, eleven, mm-hmm. you know, first four game that's tomorrow. I mean, it'll be very interesting. I, mean, I think look, Alabama's another one of those feast or famine teams. You know, when they're good, they're good. When they're not, they're not. So mm-hmm. and Rucker kind of plays a very similar style to Alabama. So it'll be interesting to see once they get past Notre Dame, which I think that that'll happen. But that should be a really good matchup, regardless. Now going into the East region, it's it's sort of it. it I, I feel like this region, I, I think Baylor, Baylor kind of got the short end of the stick. 
if you will, yes. being the defending <laughs> champion. And Dale, it, that, that 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 region is loaded with North Carolina, Marquette, St. Mary's, um, whoever wins that uh, first four game between my, Wyoming and Indiana, UCLA, Texas, Purdue, Kentucky, um, mm-hmm. Murray State. I mean, it's sort of one of those days where you're kind of like, okay, this is going to be a tough, tough way to get out of that region for for Baylor, uh, Murray Stadium, they got a, a veteran squad. San Francisco, that 7 10 uh, matchup on Thursday, that should be a fun one. This is going to be like first to 90. Could probably yeah. end up winning that because uh, they both you know, have great you know, backcourt and they can definitely score both teams. So this could be one of those things as well. St. Mary's, I mean, they got a lot of big guys up front. So we'll, we'll see. I'm sure they'll have they can go win a couple of games. UCLA, if they could you know stay healthy, that's another thing that's kind of been sort of hitting UCLA. Purdue again, I I don't know. It's feast for fan, feast for fan with them as well. So uh, who assuming they get out of that uh, that uh, region against Yale? Well, will will, will Vod Tech you know, still have juice left? I mean, they might run out of gas against Texas. So that'll be an interesting one as well. So that that East region is pretty that that West region is pretty tough, but so is the East region as well. Yeah, that with the East Region, uh, Kentucky and head coach John Calipari, he has a quote unquote easy road. And you mentioned the teams that are stacked in, in that region uh, in the Kentucky's half of the bracket. Uh, they could easily roll past teams like Purdue and Texas or Vitech if they s- decide to upset Texas in the first round. So Kentucky will have its challenges, but I don't think it's going to be as hard as with Baylor on their side of the bracket. You well, along with Baylor, you have North Carolina. Marquette and UCLA, who made it to the Final Four a year ago, so uh, Baylor is uh, is going to be tough for them to make it out of this region. Uh, they're going to have their challenges, but we assume that they're going to get by Norfolk State. In a potential second round matchup: Baylor will have to face Marquette or North Carolina. In my opinion, it will be North Carolina. Yeah, that well, I mean, look, Marquette's you know, but they're young, so we'll see if they can. Mm-hmm. Okay, hanging with North Carolina, but that should be a fun one there. That eight or nine, eight nine uh, matchup going to the. Going to the South region, Arizona is the number one seed in that region. You got Seton Hall, TCU. That should be a fun one. You got Houston and a UAB and Old Conference USA matchup for all your Conference mm-hmm. USA fans. Uh, like I said, we talked about Illinois and Chattanooga. Like I said mm-hmm. before, that's going to be a tough one. Colorado State and Michigan. I mean, Michigan, here's your chance to prove that you belong in the tournament. It says no one's, <laughs> no one thinks you belong. So here's your yeah, chance. And Juwan Howard, keep your hands to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tennessee, <laughs> I have to say, Tennessee, that's a team I'm going for. You got, you know, Kennedy Chandler, uh, 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 Rick Barnes. I think feel like doesn't get the, the credit that, you know, that he does. Jones Jenkins, I mean, he's a really, you know, really good, you know, he's one of the, like, you know, all SEC. So he's definitely, though, that, that team's a stack. So I feel like they could probably go far in this region, maybe perhaps give Arizona a hard time. Villanova, I think, you know, whoever, assuming they get out of the, uh, that game against Delaware, you know, they play whoever wins at Ohio State, like, oh, the matchup. I think they're, they have a veteran squad. Mm-hmm. They feel like they have a shot to, you know, they have a chance to win another title for Jay Wright. So that should be a fun one as well. So this is, an, this is another fun region. So, you know, Arizona, I know some people got, a lot of people got Arizona coming out of this region, but there, there are a couple of teams that might, you know, that might have something to say about that. Yeah, and I think Tennessee will have a, a, a big say about that. They could potentially have a Sweet 16 matchup with Villanova. I think that's that could be a classic game if that matchup happens. Now, going going to Tennessee, I want to ask you uh, about the, the Volunteers. I watched them one time all season. It sounds like you watched them more than once. But I was watching ESPN yesterday, and Jay Bills kept on talking about uh, Tennessee 
um, perhaps uh, grabbing one of those um, the last uh, number one seed uh, in their region. Did you think they were uh, were worthy of that instead of getting oh, the three I, seed? They should have gotten the two. I feel like I think they especially okay. since they've beaten both Auburn, they beat they beat Kentucky twice, including over the weekend. So mm-hmm. I, I I feel like maybe they I think they I really feel like they got they got jobbed out of that that two seed. But you know what? Look, I, I think. I said it before. I think they've got the guys that can definitely, you know, have the you know, Tennessee go far. I feel like Rick Barnes doesn't get credit that he deserves for building, you know, that Tennessee program. You know, a lot of people thought that that was a women's program, but you know, Rick Barnes, mm-hmm. you know, after Bruce Pearl left, some people thought that oh well, they're going to go back to kind of being an afterthought. Rick Barnes came in, you know, got guys that I don't want to say, you know, they were I don't want to say they were like kind of like you know cast aside, but or you know, a bunch of misfits, but he kind of got like middle tier guys to kind of come in and buy in. They got a couple of guys from Serbia, mm-hmm. Verasco. Um, we, we talked about Kennedy Chandler. Uh, Fulkerson is a really good, you know, can shoot the three very well. I, I feel like they can definitely, you know, have the shot of perhaps maybe going far in this tournament. And I'm sure they'll hopefully they'll use this as a number one seed. I mean, I said, like I said, you know, Jordan James, you know, Josiah Jordan James is one of those guys that can definitely, you know, right there as well. So, yeah, I think that, they got the, the team to do it, and I feel like they have a shot to perhaps maybe go far and perhaps come out of that region and perhaps maybe kind of tell tell Arizona, oh, no, 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 you're going to get out of this region. So we'll see. You're listening to Second City Sports live at 11 Colorado for a Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago City. Lakina are here with you. We have a few minutes left. Let's wrap up our NCAA tournament talk. With reviewing the Midwest region, Kansas has the number one seed in that bracket, followed by Auburn at number two. LSU number six. They have their issues. We'll get into that in just a moment. Number three, Wisconsin, and number four, Providence. Now, here's some of the key matchups to look out for uh, in the Midwest region. Number five, Iowa versus number 12, uh, the Richmond Spiders. Of course, they won the eight of uh, the Atlantic 10 tournament title yesterday over Davis, and, and they stole a bit from from, uh, from Dayton in many people's opinion, including the head of the committee. Uh, LSU, with their head coaching problems, uh, they have an intern in there now due to uh, violations. Uh, they'll face number 11, Iowa State, the Cyclones. Number three, Wisconsin will face number 14, Colgate. <laughs> or as Andy Mazur, our good friend from WGN Radio, last night called him toothpaste. <laughs> but here's an intriguing matchup to pay attention to. Number seven, USC. The Trojans are back in the NCAA tournament once again. They'll face number 10 seeded, the Miami Hurricanes. Yes, that's a football school, but they have a pretty good basketball program, too. They were picked by many experts to finish dead last in the ACC. Uh, the, they finished with a 23-10 and 10 record fourth in that conference, but this team can get after it defensively. Yeah, they can. They got, they're probably one of the best defensive teams. I think they were right up there in how many points to give up. I think they're right there in like the top two or three. And they've got definitely got a shot. I mean, Charlie Moore, for those of you DePaul fans who remember that name, he's down there in Miami mm-hmm. now, helping that that team, you know, going you know, back to the tournament for the first time in a couple of years. That should be a really good matchup, you know, between SC because I feel like both teams play like very different styles. USC likes mm-hmm. to score. Miami likes to slow it down. So we'll see which one you know comes out on top there. I said it before uh, yesterday during our preview with our with Andy, and I'll say it again here. I think you know, Wisconsin, you know, they better watch out for Colgate. Well, Colgate has got a really good, you know, senior latent team. And I feel like this mm-hmm. is their third trip back in the last five years. They're not gonna be afraid to uh, you know, Wisconsin. So if you're a Badger fan, I'm not saying look, I'm not saying that they'll they'll beat Wisconsin and Colgate, but I think they better, you know, watch them, especially if you know Johnny Davis is banged up. So if he has a bad, you know, bad day, other guys going to have to step up. So it'll be interesting what happens to that one. LSU with um, Iowa State. I mean, 
you know, the, that whole situation with Will Wade. I mean, I know that, mm-hmm. you know, other things, you know, we won't, you know, go, go into that. We don't have the time, but this is could This could go one of two ways. They could use it. The Tigers could use this as motivation to go try to, you know, make a nice run in the tournament, or they could end up losing to Iowa state, which they're more than capable of doing. So that should be another fun one, a six eleven matchup mm-hmm. to look out for. Um, Iowa and Richmond. Iowa is kind of like the trendy team to come out of that Midwest region. You're going to be in Chicago, but um, Richmond. I, I mean, Richmond is sort of one of those teams that's getting hot at the right time. They they had their struggles earlier this year. That's another senior laden team. They had guys that you know decided to come back, take advantage of that COVID extra COVID year. But mm-hmm. I feel like you know if, if Keegan Murray doesn't have a, a good you know does have a good game, or if Jordan Bohan does have a good game. Richmond can play defense too, and they can definitely, you know, set they you know, set the tone. So we'll we'll see what happens in that match. That should be a fun one. Yeah, and for my upsets from that region, I have Richmond over Iowa. I know Iowa played great toward the end of that tournament. They actually won it, but I I, I kind of feel that Richmond doesn't get the credit that they deserve. They beat Davidson by two yesterday. It wasn't a fluke. Those two teams went after it. I checked out some of that game yesterday. So people are sleeping on Richmond. Don't be surprised that they win that game. And also in that bracket, I think we talked about this in our previous show yesterday, Lakina. I like Iowa State only because of that situation with LSU right now. I know LSU, just like everybody else, has a few days to prepare. But I think Iowa State is going to be ready for them. And I'm going with Miami over USC. In that seventeen oh, matchup. Okay, yeah, that's that should look. I said that's a toss up. So I think I think SC if they can force a, set the tone early and score, that's kind of been the problem when they get into like bad starts. They can kind of, you know, they can kind of you know send a four shot. So we'll see if Miami can you know force them to do that. But I would be surprised if Miami uh, beats SC. So <laughs> we'll do our final fours because we're up against it. We'll probably do our final fours later on in the show because we didn't do it yesterday, but. You know, there might be a couple. I know there's been some trendy, like some trendy, um, you know, final four picks. You know, Iowa, like I said, you know, is a trendy pick coming out of the, the Midwest. I know there were a couple other, uh, other uh, trendy picks as well. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later on, but we got a lot to do. Um, you know, we'll do the Bulls NBA. Bulls have a, a really nice one tonight against Sacramento. Also Caruso's too, back. Yay. Yeah, oh, we'll, <laughs> look, we'll, look, we'll, we'll tell you that, you know, we'll see how much, you know, makes a difference you know, okay 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 Lionel Lionel okay you're an Iowa fan you go oh, Iowa <laughs> they better not take Richmond likely though <laughs> what's that sorry that's all we're saying but uh yeah so also too we got the NFL uh non-tampering uh what were it uh legal tampering or whatever it was you want to call it starts you know start about an hour ago here you know, you know, in our region, you know, 11 a.m. Chicago time. The Bears got a nice pickup as well. We'll talk about that as well. So a lot to do still. Sid, Lakina, Second City Sports, Sports of Chicago. We'll be right back. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA tomorrow night, the Bulls back home. They'll host the Cavaliers. It'll be a 7 o'clock tip-off at United Center. Chicago snapped a five-game losing skid with a 114-108 win at Detroit on Wednesday. The Bulls are fourth in the Eastern Conference, three and a half games out of first behind the Sixers, Bucks, and the Heat. The Cavaliers have won two straight. They're sixth in the East, five games out of first. NHL Thursday, the Blackhawks fell 4-3 at Boston. Brandon Hagel had a pair of goals for Chicago. Alex Debrinkit with a goal and an assist. Kevin Lankinen made 32 saves. The Blackhawks at Ottawa tomorrow night. The LA Chargers have agreed to acquire defensive end Khalil Mack from the Bears in exchange for a pair of draft picks. The Chargers are expected to send a second round pick this year and a 2023 sixth round selection to the Bears for the three-time All-Pro defender. 
for lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Okay, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're not shopping spring essentials at Kohl's, you're missing out. I just got 20% off the cutest outfit from Sonoma Goods for Life, 25% off Hurley, which my son loves, and 25% off Champion and Adidas. Did I mention I also got an extra 15% off and earned Kohl's cash? Here's to longer days and more time to save. Select styles, 15% offer ends March 20th. Hurley, Champion, Adidas, coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or account for details. How do you make the most of your mow? Tony and Melissa do it on a John Deere Z530M Z-Track mower. Jump out of the house, a cup of coffee, and I'm at work. You're riding around, it's like going on a go-kart. And for Rodney, he uses his John Deere X350 lawn tractor to turn his yard into... My happy place. It's a great place to do Tai Chi. I work on my mind, body, and well-being. There are millions of ways to make the most of your mow. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deere.com. Nothing runs like a deer. Welcome back to Second City Sports Live at the Living Color on a Monday edition right here on Sports Zone. Chicago, Sid Lakina here with you as we transition over now to talking the Chicago, about the Chicago Bulls in the NBA. Lakina, let's start with the 41 and 26 Chicago Bulls. They're currently on the two game winning streak. They're on their way to Sacramento where they'll take on the Kings tonight from the Golden One Center. That's at nine o'clock. Local time on NBC Sports Chicago locally. Uh, if you happen to listen to us in Sacramento, you can watch that game on NBC Sports California or via NBA League Pass for those of you that have that service around the country. Lakino, let's review the Bulls' last game uh, this past Saturday as they take down the Cleveland Cavaliers 101-91. to Of course, Zach Levine set out the game with knee soreness. We assume that he's going to play tonight, which opened the door for Alex Caruso, who returned to the lineup for for Chicago in 29 minutes of action. He had 11 points, four assists in in the rebound, including uh, one or two from three-point range. You could tell that his energy was sorely missed uh, uh, throughout uh, his time, all due to that wrist injury. As we said at the beginning of the year, Lakina, Alex Caruso makes a big difference uh, coming off the bench for this team, especially from his de- uh, with his defense from the perimeter, which they have struggled with ever since uh, he went out with that injury, as I mentioned, against, uh, with Grayson Allen two months ago. So it was nice to see him back in the fold. Of course, DeMar DeRozan led the team with 25. You know, he struggled shooting 9 of 26. Nikolai Vucevic had another double-double, 20 points and 14 mm-hmm. rebounds. Io Dusumu stepped up with 17 points, including 17 shooting and 3 or 4 from three-point range. And coming off the bench, Tristan Thompson had six rebounds and five points in 16 minutes, uh, 14 minutes of action. Lakina, the, the, it was a tight ball game in the first half, but the Bulls blew it open early in that second half. Yeah, it will. And I think they really need that because they were down. Most, well, not, not down, but it, it kind of like it you know, was very close. But but you could tell, you know, once you know, Caruso came back, I, I feel like this, you know, his energy was missed. You could tell that the defense, you know, it was missed there. So it was definitely one of those things where, well, you don't want to say in the NBA that one player can make a difference, you know, actually, and sometimes it, it can make a difference. And mm-hmm. his defense, you talk, you can, you can tell that early on that he was definitely right there, you know, going for loose balls and, you know, kind of, you know, giving, you know, 
Cleveland a little bit, forcing you know, guys like you know the Evan Moley and Darius Gardner you know, from Cleveland you know, to take your know, you know, tough shots and such. So he was definitely you can tell you can tell how how missed he was in that front. So Caruso, you know, he didn't like your know, points wise, he didn't score too much, but you know what though, he made your know, contributions in other ways as well, and you can tell how much he was missed. Now he didn't have a lot of uh, shoot really. Yeah, we'll talk about the impact of Alex Caruso, as we mentioned before. Uh, coming off the bench, uh, he had that energy, especially from the um, defensive side. He can give you some additional scoring as well. You could tell by his presence on the floor. He he, he added uh, value from an emotional standpoint, and, and you saw he gave the rest of the guys uh, uh, the confidence and, and, and the boost that they needed to uh, be active defensively. You saw that, in, especially in the second half with Io DeSumo, DeMar DeRozan. And uh, some of the other guys that came in that they really picked it up defensively. Cleveland had a tough time, had had a tough time uh, adjusting to, to the Bulls' defensive pressure, especially in that second half. The Bulls had more fast break opportunities. They turn once you turn uh, turnovers into scoring opportunities, that leads you to easy easy baskets. Uh, you're going to win a lot of games in the NBA. Now going to the flip side for Cleveland, Darius Garland, as I mentioned, uh, who struggled. Uh, for the Cavaliers, he had 25 points on nine of 24 shooting, only over three from three point range. Dean Wade had seven points off of three of seven shooting. Kevin Love, the the ageless veteran, he had 10 points at 34 minutes of action. He had two of five from three point range to go along with 11 rebounds. And Evan Mobley, who should be the Rookie of the Year in the NBA, he has 17 points and seven rebounds off of eight of uh, 17 shooting. Evan Mobley is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the NBA because he's a mobile big guy. He can not only uh, operate in the paint, but he also has that outside touch, and he can get after it defensively. You saw that if you watched the game on Saturday. He got after it defensively, especially in that first half, and he was one of the few Cavalier players that had it going in terms of scoring and shooting from the outside early in that first half. Billy Donovan, you can uh, give him the uh, the credit, especially making those halftime adjustments. Uh, the Bulls came out uh, more aggressive defensively in that second half. Cleveland started missing shots. The Bulls got their uh, their chest into the Cleveland players. They got their hands on the balls, and that all comes from Alex Caruso being aggressive uh, on, on the perimeter defensively. You saw Ayo DeSumo having one of his best games in the last few weeks. Uh, you saw DeMar DeRozan uh, turn up a little bit defensively. He started to be more aggressive going to the basket because the last few games he's been going to the basket and complaining to the refs that he hasn't been getting enough calls. He got a few calls on Saturday. Let's see that if he can keep it up starting with tonight's game at Sacramento. Once again, that's at 9 o'clock Chicago time on NBC Sports Chicago locally. Now, with the Bulls, the, the, a couple of things to worry about here. We knew we know that Levine is going to take a couple more games off because he has that uh, knee issue. Hopefully it doesn't affect him too much. There he's he's gonna sit, sit off any potential playoff games. I think that this is a smart idea for the Bulls to sit him out because uh, he's one of their superstar players. I know he's up for a max contract this summer, but so far he's earned that max contract in my opinion because he was the one of the one of the few guys that were here to be one of the building box for the franchise. Now he has help via Alex Caruso, via Demar Derozan. He could. His role could be, is defined now. He doesn't have to be the guy anymore. With him and DeMar DeRozan on the floor together, both of them healthy, they are dangerous much. We saw that, especially early in the season. And uh, 
assume that the Alonzo Ball uh, gets back in the next couple of weeks. So you're really going to see what this Bulls team is made of. And so I, I just want to – we'll have a fair judgment of what this Bulls team is when Lonzo, Ball's, Lonzo Ball gets back in a couple of weeks. Lakina has rejoined us now. Yeah, I guess they didn't like the fact that I was saying such. I said nice things about Cleveland. I mean, come on now. I'm thinking Cavs fans had a lot to do with that. But to, just to finish my point on the Bulls, I mean, you know, look, Caruso had 11 points off the bench, but, mm-hmm. you know, he almost not, you know, did he do that. You know, he had some big steals. He had like a couple of blocks. You know, he had some, you know, that that shot, you know, to, to uh, DeRozan was probably her uh, around the Twitterdom. But yeah, I mean, look, I think the Bulls, they should have no problem with the Kings tonight. After that, it gets it gets a little tough for the Bulls. You know, the next you know four or five games are a little tough. But you know, now that the Caruso's back, we'll see if Zach's able to play tonight. Mm-hmm. And but look, I I feel like they have a good shot, perhaps make a nice little run. And look, a lot of the teams you know ahead of them are struggling a little bit. We'll get to that in a second. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like the Bulls. This is kind of a chance for Bulls to kind of make a little bit of a move a move here. Yeah, at the tonight's games you mentioned, they're at Utah Wednesday. I think they can win that game. I know Utah has revenge on their mind from early in the mm-hmm. season when the Bulls beat them at the UC. Right. And I was on Tony Kukoc tonight. And <laughs> they're at and they're at Phoenix on Friday. Of course, no Chris Paul, but Devin Booker's back in the lineup. So that that's still going to be tough. We're both, the Bulls have revenge on their minds because Phoenix beat them here in Chicago early last month, I believe. Uh, one it was one of their first games after the All Star break, so right. we're both will have revenge on that, on their mind from that. But Lakina, here's the thing about the Bulls: as I said before, you hope that Caruso stays healthy, and you hope that they can uh, develop some chemistry, especially when Lonzo Ball comes back, hopefully in a couple weeks here, because the playoffs all around the corner. I believe is exactly one month away now. Just about, yep. And so you don't have a lot of time. And I know people want, especially nationally, want to complain about this Bulls team is good, but they struggle against the teams that are ahead of them. Uh, I'm not saying that that doesn't matter, but I'm not going to go overboard, okay? And I'm not saying that uh, you shouldn't be worried about that, but you you beat the teams that you're supposed to be. And at at some point, and we'll find out come playoff time, wherever the Bulls are seated, it's imperative for them to have home court, rather than the one seed, which they're probably not going to get. I think it's realistic that they'll stay at four, perhaps move up to number three. But uh, it's imperative, imperative for them to have home court because this is playoff basketball they're in right now. But once you get to the playoffs, you're going to play the same opponent over and over again. So it, uh, it's really going to test your – uh, not just your physical health, but your mental health as well and your basketball IQ. So you really are going to have to learn a lesson on how to beat some of these things because they're not going to come in relaxed and just uh, look past you. It's going to be hard for 48 minutes every night. Well, I think if you're the Bulls, you want to avoid playing Brooklyn. I think that's sort of the key. Mm-hmm. We'll get to them in a second. But, yeah, I think that's the key. If you could get to, like, that two or three spots, and perhaps maybe avoid, you know, try to avoid playing, you know, Brook, uh, Brooklyn or something like that in the first round. I think no one wants to play Brooklyn at this point. So let, let's get to, you know, what, you know, what this is going to be like Boston. I mean, you know, but Boston, like, well, can Jason Taylor kind of keep up what he's doing? You know, they lost yesterday, but I, I feel like maybe, you know, if they can avoid, if they can avoid Brooklyn, I think that's the key if you're the Bulls. I think everyone yeah. else, I mean, you know, Atlanta, they can maybe give you a little bit of a hard time. I know they beat in the last last um, game. There were a couple of calls, but again, well, we won't get into that. Charlotte, <laughs> I know Charlotte can be you know tough on some people as well. Toronto, I know the you know, they've given the Bulls some fits as well. So I think if you can avoid Brooklyn, I think you can definitely get past that first round. But 
again, it's going to be all about matchups. And look, we we got about a month before the playoffs start. So, but we'll see. I mean, look, I think if we can get the you old know, ball back, if they can get P will back as well to kind of get into a groove for maybe a couple of games, at least, you know, get maybe a week or two kind of like, you know, as a team to be cohesive, that way they can kind of be at full strength when they play one of these teams. So we'll see. Would you give Patrick Williams, not, I'm not going to say major minutes in the playoffs, but how many minutes would you play him, uh, whoever they play in the first round? Would you give him 10 minutes, 15 minutes at least? How about 15? Because, about, you know, he I hasn't played that much at, all season. Yeah, I would say start him at 15 and then maybe uh, work your way from there. Because remember, he, has, he hasn't played since the beginning of the season. So that, that's mm-hmm. a good, like, three or four months. So I think if, you know, Billy Dom is smart. I think that he'll, he'll, he'll play it smart and just say, okay, you know, we could play, you know, 10, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And then like, if we get, you know, further, further into the playoffs, we'll probably play a little bit more, but we'll see. I mean, I think you got to get him back into a groove as well, especially if he's, is he going to be starting? Is he going to still going to be coming off the bench? So that's another thing that he has to figure out. I'm talking about Billy Donovan. So, but he's got to feel, look, this is, this is his first rodeo. You know, I think the bulls, they're only a half game out of that, you know, second spot. you know, with Philly and Milwaukee, they're tied, you know, even though Philly's got the tiebreaker right now. So yeah, there's still going to be a lot of moving around. You're listening to Second City Sports on a Monday edition. We're live in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Seeing Lakeen and her are here with you talking Bulls in the NBA. You have a question or comment uh, regarding the Chicago Bulls or the rest of the association, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube, typing your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's review some of the top games from the weekend. We'll start with Saturday slate. Uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves now uh, 10 games over the 500 mark after the after beating the Miami Heat 113-104, the Miami Heat did not have Jimmy Butler. But uh, as we as we tell you guys, um, uh, don't overlook the Miami Heat. This is not smoke and mirrors. I know some people wanted to say that 2020 was uh, their smoke and mirrors year, them reaching the finals when they were in the bubble. But this looks like this team, is, when healthy, is much better than that 2020 team that lost the Lakers in the finals. Yeah, it's sort of one of those things where, you know, I don't want to say it was a fluke, but remember, I think people also have to remember, too, Jimmy, but like you said, took the game off, you know, to rest. So that mm-hmm. you could probably say that's probably why they beat him. I know our girl, Alana Tekai, who's probably the resident Heat fan <laughs> that we know. Yeah. Um, you know, she, you know, I'm not sure, sure if she wasn't very happy with this with this loss. But look, I mean, Minnesota. All, all five of their stars were in double figures, so they had you know guys off the bench, you know, doing do, you know doing it as well. So it's one of those things where look, you just you just gotta you know click the tape and such. You know they're still the number one seed right now. Miami is, and look, I, you know Jalen no- Noel had you know eleven seventeen off the bench. So for uh for the Timberwolves, I think that's a that's a season high for him off the bench. So. 16, I should say. So, yeah, so it's definitely one of those things where, look, I think Minnesota is showing folks that they're actually pretty good now that they got the coach, they got the, the talent around them, and also with new mm-hmm. ownership, we'll see if they invest more in the offseason. But like you said, I mean, Miami, despite Tyler Hero's 30 off the bench, it wasn't enough. And, you know, Max Truss, you know, for all the Paul fans that remember him, he had 19 off the bench, didn't really have too much. You know, Bam had 19, you know, P.J. Tucker struggled. So it, it just it just wasn't Miami's day, day yesterday. So look, Minnesota, you know, look, you take the win, and you know, you can probably get closer and closer to you know firmly uh, planting that playing spot. But Miami, you just can just say, you know what? Hey, it happens. Speaking of one of the teams that are ahead of the Bulls in the Eastern Conference standings, that's the Milwaukee Bucks. And Saturday night was not their night. The Golden State Warriors defeated the Milwaukee the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks. 122 to 109. Steph Curry did not have a great game, but Clay Thompson did. 38.6 rebounds, five assists. 
Giannis answered the coupon for Milwaukee. He had 31 points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Yeah, uh, Clay showed a little bit of the old Clay there in that game and uh, that that Saturday night game, and I, I think it's sort of one of those things where you sort of say to yourself, okay, you know what? Could this be kind of like the time when you know this maybe those the Splash Brothers are trying to you know showing you their groove a little bit? But yeah, I, I mean, look, if you're if you're uh, if you're going to state, you'll take the win, Milwaukee. I think you're just trying to stay healthy and kind of get ready for the playoffs at this point. So. You know, Golden State, I think you're know, you're seeing a little bit of the old clay, like I said. And look, you know, Steph, you know, happy birthday to Steph. You know, today's his birthday today, number 35 five for him. But uh yeah, I, I mean look, I they feel like you know, that's what that's what happens. You know, one guy, one of them struggles, the other steps up. You know, Steph struggles, so Clay stepped up. And I'm sure it's gonna be like that, you know, throughout the rest of the season going to the playoffs. So this was a nice win for uh for the Warriors. So could this be a a, a finals preview? We'll have to wait and see, but you know, Golden State looked pretty good. Uh, a couple of the games of note from Saturday. Nice action. Uh, the Denver Nuggets dropped one at home to the Toronto Raptors, 127-115. Former All-Star Pascal Siakam had 33 points, 5 rebounds, 7 assists. Nikolai Jokic, who, who should be back in the MVP race, he's the defending uh, MVP champion. He had 26 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists for the Denver Nuggets. This was one of those games. This is one of those games where I think it was definitely defense that kind of sealed the sealed the deal for them. I think you know Toronto forced Denver to to uh, make you know bad shots, and you know Jokic had a couple mm-hmm. missed missed a couple of key key shots as well to kind of keep them in it. They only scored the Denver. I mean, only scored sixteen in the uh, in the fourth quarter. They outscored them by eighteen. Toronto did. So that's why mm-hmm. they were able to. That's how they were able to win that game or propel them in that game. Look, I think Toronto could be. Could they be a dangerous team in the East? Sure. I mean, I think they finally have found sort of like their kind of like their their mojo here. Uh, Scotty Barnes had twenty five. He's my second candidate for rookie of the year. You know, I've been talking about him all yes. year. That was yes. a good steal for Toronto in the draft. Definitely, and uh, also too, Chris Boucher had twenty one off the bench as well for Toronto. So yeah, I think I think the Toronto could be one of those teams where if you, I wouldn't want to. I know I said I know I said Brooklyn, but I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to play Toronto in the first round, especially if they keep this up. And one last game of note from last Saturday's action: the Utah Jazz get back on track, defeating the lowly Sacramento Kings, one thirty-four to one twenty-five. De'Aaron Fox led Sacramento with forty-one points. Jordan Clark- Clarkson had forty-five points for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, this is actually, I think, what the third game this season that have that feature two uh, forty-point scores from the same team. Of course, you know. Uh, you know, Joel B did it real versus Demar uh, last month. Also, too, a couple, you know, after Simmons and Trey Young. So, yeah, we got this little, uh, this little duel there as well. I mean, look, I think De'Aaron Fox. If you're, if you're De'Aaron Fox, I'm thinking that maybe I would try to get a trade to get trade this summer because you don't know what Sacramento's doing. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm sure he's probably just you know putting on a show to see if you know maybe he can get somebody to maybe trade for him or whatnot, or maybe get to get released or get a buyout. So. You know, I think look, he's been one of the few bright spots on that Kings team. So we'll see. Him and Buddy Heald. Yeah, him and Heald as well. So, well, Heald should have been traded, but that's a whole nother. That's another <laughs> conversation for another uh, another episode. But, uh, yeah, so those two have kind of been sort of like, you know, the, you know holding on the four for Sacramento. So I think if I were their ages, I'd probably be trying to see if I could, you know, trade this summer. 
Yeah, we'll see what happens with Sacramento going forward. Now, going to yesterday's action, we'll start with the ABC doubleheader. It was the Nets holding off the New York Knicks by the score of 110 to 107. Kevin Durant with another big game. He had 53 points, six rebounds, nine assists. Evan Fournier for the Knicks had 25 points, two rebounds, and five assists. Kyrie Irving, because of the mandate in New York City, had to sit his ass on the sidelines. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that because there have been some calls for Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, to you know lessen the uh, the mandates. Now they did lessen the mandates, but apparently this is a Barclays Center decision. So if mm-hmm. you want to, he said basically, look, talk to those folks. Don't talk to me. Look, I I got rid of the mandates or limited the mandates. So if you want to talk talk to the people running the the Barclays Center, but you know going by what you know Katie did just by the numbers, that's you know scored the most points by a Nets player versus a Knicks team versus the Knicks in franchise history. Mm -hmm. Second player with multiple 50-point games in a season in Nets history. Third player with multiple 50-point games with three franchises in NBA history. Third most points by a Nets player in Nets NBA history. They've been around since the the mid-70s. Fifth player with multiple 50-point games in a season at age 33-plus. He's 34 now. Um, Yeah, that's basically it. So why did I think (laughs) think I covered all all that stuff with – Durant and uh look, I I think like this was a this was a really nice win for for Brooklyn. I think like you said, I don't know if they'll be able to kind of sneak into that top six so they can avoid the play-in. But if they stay in the play-in, they're probably the most dangerous play-in team, and you don't want to play them. So it'll be very interesting if they could you know kind of keep it going. They got a pretty tough schedule too, but you know this was a nice back and forth game with your one of your old rivals, the Knicks. You know the Knicks are trying to you know. You know, putting up a nice little effort, but you know, it's over to pull it off there. So, uh, yeah, that was a really uh, fun performance by Durant yesterday. Sure, show you that when healthy, he's one of the best in the league. Uh, in that second game of that ABC Sunday doubleheader, it was the Dallas Mavericks uh, defeating the Boston Celtics on the road 95-92. Good news if you're a Chicago Bulls fan. Luka Doncic had 26 points, 8 rebounds, 8 assists for Dallas, while Alf Horford for Boston had 17 points, 6 rebounds, and 2 assists. Tate only had 21, so he had a, a, a rough shooting night yesterday in that game. Uh, Luca, Luca was a little bit banged up, so he kind of you know, went off the court a little bit. I think there was an ankle injury, but he mm-hmm. able to come back. He came back and scored 25. But uh, Dorian 50, 50 Smith had 19 points, so kind of you know picking up the slack. There also two Spencer Dinwiddie had 18 as well for the Mavs. I think you know the Mavs are starting to kind of you know get into their groove a little bit. You know. Earlier this season, people were wondering about you know Jason Kidd and is he the right fit you know right fit to coach this team? It looks like they're you know so far mm-hmm. so good. And uh, look, Boston, Boston had their struggles. You know Tatum struggled a little bit. You know from the field later on in the game. You know that kind of I think he had a shot to win to perhaps tie the game and force overtime, but that mm-hmm. didn't that didn't uh, come to fruition. So you know that streak ends there in that front. But yeah, um, a really nice win for um for Dallas. Um, going into that late game on ESPN. Uh, 140 points scored by the Suns as they beat the Lakers 140-111. <laughs> and uh, 48 points, that's the most that the Lakers have given up in their franchise history. So, um, yeah, uh, it's just LeBron, you know, 31 despite that. Carmelo Anthony had 18 off the bench, but that still was nowhere near enough. And mm-hmm. But the Suns are kind of, you know, like I said, they're the first team, like we said last week, they're their first team to clutch a playoff spot, but – you know, they looked really good, you know, with CP3, you know, still out for a few more weeks. But they're doing what they can to kind of save that number one seed. Yeah, we told you guys when Chris Paul uh, went down after the All-Star break, he was going to miss six to eight weeks. 
it's going to be challenging a little bit for the Suns, but it's not going to be as bad as people make it out to be. As we said before, the Phoenix Suns are winning the games they are supposed to win. Uh, it's going to be a battle between them and Golden State for those top two spots in the Western Conference. Uh, assuming that Chris Paul comes back healthy for the playoffs, Phoenix, uh, they may not get back to the finals, but it, uh, they're not going to go away quietly. And they earned, I think they're a better team than they are a year ago. Obviously, of course, JaVale McGee helps with that, with that, uh, with it, with his size, giving them the defensive presence coming off the bench. Devin Booker has taken his game into another level. You mentioned he scored 30 points against the Lakers last night. So Phoenix, uh, don't overlook them. They're not the Miami Heat of 2020. So, uh, so uh, Phoenix is going to be a team to be reckoned with. And for the Los Angeles Lakers, 9-22 and 22 on the road. That's all you need to know about that bunch now the philadelphia 76ers just like our chicago bulls had trouble with the orlando magic but unlike the bulls last meeting against orlando philadelphia came away with a two-point victory in overtime 116 and 114 speaking of another former chicago bull wendell carter jr had 23 points to 12 rebounds while joel mb who's a perhaps a leading candidate for some people including yours truly for mvp he had 35 points 16 rebounds and seven assists yeah, that's too. That was a fun matchup. And look, Orlando always gives teams a tough time. So I was mm -hmm. surprised that they forced overtime against Philly. But you know, Joel Ebby had 35 to kind of pull that off as well. So this was a this was a nice win for uh, Philly to kind of keep pace with Miami for that number one seed. They you know, they they feel like they really believe that they can sneak back in there and get that top seed. But it's gonna be tough with only a few games left. But We'll see what happens. Real quick, though, going through these matchups from Monday through Thursday. <laughs> Tonight, uh, the Clippers and Cleveland at 6 o'clock. That should be a fun one. That's a back-to-back game for the Clippers. They barely yeah. won by two at Detroit at yesterday. Detroit. Yeah, so we'll see if they can have the energy. Uh, Portland and Atlanta, that should be an interesting one. The first back-to-back -back for Atlanta, too. Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting. Yeah, they, they won their game against the Pacers. You know, had, had to pull that one out, unfortunately. Yeah. They won by three. <laughs> Uh, Denver and Philadelphia. That's the first game of the ESPN doubleheader at 630. That should be a lot of fun. Uh, Charlotte and OKC. Well, well, weird thing about uh, Memphis OKC, that Memphis OKC game from yesterday, uh, both teams were wearing their uh, their home jerseys, which I don't understand why they do that. But, you know, the, the game was late for like 10 minutes because Memphis had to put on their road jerseys since they were the road team. Memphis ended up winning that game. But that was just that was just strange, you know, that, that, that whole beginning. Of that Didn't it happen it about really a year odd. ago? Yeah, uh, against Atlanta, I believe OKC did. So uh, someone needs to call some <laughs> OKC, whoever the PR person is, they need to call somebody <laughs> because you know to kind of make those schedules. But <laughs> I, I digress. But uh, you know, first of all, a back-to-back -back game for them as well. They play Charlotte, Minnesota, San Antonio. Also, too, congrats to Greg Popovich for yes. who now is a winningest coach in NBA history. Uh, he has more than I think, like about like five or six different franchise current franchises. That's how weird that is. But uh, you know how he feels about that. You know, he's the one, I don't want to be celebrated. That's exactly what happened. He said, okay, you know, we had the pop and circus. Hey, let's, let's go. Okay, I'll go with the locker room. So it was just, just silly. <laughs> you know, well, Patsy Don Nelson for that uh, for that honor. So congrats to him and uh, Washington and Golden State at 9 o'clock in the late game. Yeah, that's another back-to-back -back for is it a back to back for Golden State? No, it's, it's no, not no, a back to back no, for Golden no, State. No. They played on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, rounding out tonight's schedule, you have the Bulls and the Kings, as we mentioned, nine o'clock. The Bulls are three and a half point favorites. Uh, the Bucks and the Jazz will complete that special Monday night doubleheader on ESPN. That's at nine o'clock. And of course, the Toronto Raptors will play the Los Angeles Lakers at nine thirty. So that's the schedule for tonight, Monday in the NBA. Now let's go to Tuesdays. 
slate. Memphis at Indianapolis to take on the Pacers at 6 o'clock. The Brooklyn Nets will go down to Orlando to take on the Magic. Can the Magic pull off two runs in a row against playoff teams? We'll see. At 6.30, we have Detroit at Miami. Let's see if Jimmy Butler returns for that game. And the NBA TV game of the night for Tuesday, Phoenix at New Orleans at 7 o'clock. That's your schedule for Tuesday. Hump day, Wednesday, you got Atlanta and Charlotte at 6 o'clock. That should be a fun one, a battle of young teams. Speaking of a good one here, you got Philadelphia and Cleveland. Could this be a a playoff matchup? We'll see. (laughs) That's at 6 o'clock. Denver and Washington is at 6 o'clock. Dallas and Brooklyn, the first game that's uh, Wednesday doubleheader Mm -hmm. on ESPN at 6.30. That should be a a good one. Portland and the Knicks uh, also at 6.30. Phoenix begins their road trip, you know, their, their road trip at Houston. That's at 7 o'clock. And the Lakers go up against Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, hopefully, and I think this would be like the season sweep for the Lakers, I believe. So, or I think they, I think they, oh, they did like, they were like, like three of the last, you know, three of the first, like two of the last, two of the first three meetings. So this should be an interesting one there at, for Minnesota at 7. And wrapping up the Wednesday schedule, the Bulls will take on the Jazz at 8 o'clock. Followed by the the second game of the ESPN Wednesday night doubleheader will be the Boston Celtics at the Golden State Warriors at nine o'clock. Yeah, the Bucks in the Kings also at nine o'clock, and at nine thirty the Raptors at the Clippers. That's your schedule for Wednesday, and the long game for Thursday, which is the real opening day for March Madness in college basketball. We have one game uh, on the schedule for uh, for the NBA, and that's on NBA TV at six o'clock. The Detroit Pistons at the Orlando Magic. Whoever watches that one. <laughs> I believe I believe that's a makeup game, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's a makeup. I think I'm not sure, but it doesn't yeah. say on here. Hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe it is, or maybe that's just how that's just you know. Unfortunately, no one's gonna be paying attention to that game because people could be watching uh, March Madness. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but I uh, love that's your schedule for the NBA for this week. All right, hour number one in the books, hour number two straight ahead as you're listening to Second City Sports Live in Living Color and Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid Deslakina coming up. A former Chicago Bear has a new job at a new place. ESPN's Monday Night Football announcing team is now taking shape, and we'll have a whole lot more. And plus, moves are being made in the world of baseball. All that coming up in the second hour of Second City Sports. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA tomorrow night, the Bulls back home. They'll host the Cavaliers. It'll be a 7 o'clock tip-off at United Center. Chicago snapped a five-game losing skid with a 114-108 win at Detroit on Wednesday. The Bulls are fourth in the Eastern Conference, three and a half games out of first behind the Sixers, Bucks, and the Heat. The Cavaliers have won two straight. They're sixth in the East, five games out of first. NHL Thursday, the Blackhawks fell 4-3 at Boston. Brandon Hagel had a pair of goals for Chicago. Alex Debrinkit with a goal and an assist. Kevin Lankinen made 32 saves. The Blackhawks at Ottawa tomorrow night. The LA Chargers have agreed to acquire defensive end Khalil Mack from the Bears in exchange for a pair of draft picks. The Chargers are expected to send a second round pick this year and a 2023 sixth round selection to the Bears for the three-time All-Pro defender. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
Okay, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're not shopping spring essentials at Kohl's, you're missing out. I just got 20% off the cutest outfit from Sonoma Goods for Life, 25% off Hurley, which my son loves, and 25% off Champion and Adidas. Did I mention I also got an extra 15% off and earned Kohl's cash? Here's to longer days and more time to save. Select styles, 15% offer ends March 20th. Hurley, Champion, Adidas, coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. How do you make the most of your mow? Tony and Melissa do it on a John Deere Z530M Z-Track mower. Jump out of the house, a cup of coffee, and I'm at work. You're riding around, it's like going on a go-kart. And for Rodney, he uses his John Deere X350 lawn tractor to turn his yard into... A happy place. It's a great place to do Tai Chi. I work on my mind, body, and well-being. There are millions of ways to make the most of your mow. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deere.com. Nothing runs like a deer. Welcome back to hour number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in your living color. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter in the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. S I D K I D A zero. Follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. You have a question or comment for us during our 60-minute extravaganza. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off our number two of this fabulous program by going to the NFL. Yes, the world of football. Lakina, it never seems to amaze me that the NFL is a 12-month sport. And with free agency on the horizon, the new calendar, league calendar year starting on Wednesday in, in preparation for the 2022 season. Tom Brady uh, upstaged the announcements of the NCAA tournament brackets announcing on his Twitter page that he's going to come back uh, for his third year uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the uh, future Hall of Fame quarterback said that um, he was sick of staying at home for the last two months. He has one year left on that contract with Tampa Bay. He's going to give it another shot next year. It makes head coach Bruce Arians happy. And I know it's going to make Chris Godwin, who just got the franchise tag from the Buccaneers, happy as well. I think he probably saw the uh, in that division and also in the NFC, like, I can win this. So he probably came back in. But also, yeah. too, like you said, I mean, you know, he probably was kind of bored at home, so maybe that's another reason why he said, "You know what? I'm I'm gonna give it one more <laughs> one more shot." And, yeah. You know, people people called this, so you know I'm not that surprised. Of course, you know he couldn't have waited till uh, today to perhaps do that. You know he had to update <laughs> the you know the the selection stuff, but you know it is what it is. But um, I'm interested to see what what happens. They also see Ryan Jensen, who's one of their O line guys. You know he's he's back. You know he came back as well with a three year deal, so. He'll have his O line guy there now. Will will what does this mean for guys like Gronk and you know Leonard Fournette and those guys? Will they come back? I mean, I don't know what the they're they're pretty good with the cap, so we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, it'll be interesting what what they do here. But yeah, of course, you know they did lose a couple of guys. Alice Kappa, you know, is tended to sign you know four year forty million dollar deal with the Bengals to help you know build Joe Burrow. So it looks like the Bengals are investing. In some O line guys, they they signed another O lineman as well. So I gotta look that up in a little bit because these these signs are coming out fast and furious, folks. Uh, Chase Edmonds got a, a two year deal leaving uh, the Cardinals. Now he's gonna be going with the Dolphins. 
The Browns have uh, released Jarvis Landry, so he'll you know, going to be some suitors for him. A.J. Boye was released by the Panthers. James Conner, we got a new three-year deal with the Cardinals, too. Um, Seahawks, you know, Quadre Diggs, he gets a nice little three-year extension, you know, worth $40 million. We'll see what happens because it looks like they're going to be rebuilding. Um, mm-hmm. The Bears made some news, too. Uh, Larry Ogojubi uh, from the Bengals, who's a, a solid D tackle, who's a solid uh, pass rusher. He's been signed by the Bears. It's a, I mean, it's, that's a nice sighting. I mean, I know that some you know Bears fans are kind of like, you know what, maybe they should go with the old lineman. But this is a nice little start to kind of guy to kind of replace Khalil Mack at a kind of a much cheaper price. So you know, we'll see what happens there. As Darius Smith been released by the Packers, but the Ravens are the favorite. This is according to Tom Pellicero Tom Pellicero from the NFL Network. Um, Bengals also signed uh, Ted Karras, you know, a veteran uh, old lineman, to a three-year deal. Open out a uh, Joe. Bro, also to Lincoln, Tom- Lincoln Tomlinson, who was actually part of that trade with Diggs, you know, a few years back. If you guys remember, he's getting a nice little. He's getting. Uh, he was with the uh, the Forty Nineers last couple of years. Now he's going to the Jets. Yeah, first on Tom Brady, as you mentioned before, he looked at the NFC, especially with Russell Wilson being traded to Denver and Aaron Rodgers resigning with the Packers. Um, I'm sure he said to himself, "Yeah, I think I could get one more crack at it." And as we <laughs> mentioned before. Uh, with the Packers having salary cap issues, their their numbers is starting to come down now. As you mentioned, so Darius Smith is being released today. Uh, in that, first of all, let's start out with the NFC South. Atlanta is mediocre at best. I know they had a seven to ten record last year. Calvin really he's suspended for the upcoming season due to gambling on his own own uh, uh, gambling uh, in the NFL. Uh, that's not smart. Uh, New Orleans mm-hmm. is looking for a quarterback. They're in the uh, Deshaun Watson suite states, according to reports. Mm-hmm. Carolina's in it as well. Uh, another team in their uh, NFC South. If you're Tom Brady, I said, like, yeah, I can win a division again, but I want to win another Super Bowl before I call it a, a career. The NFC is wide open now. Will Green Bay be good? We'll see what they do with the rest of the team because, like I said before, they still have to cut some more guys, and that team's going to look very different because Aaron Rodgers is coming back. You have to restructure his contract, but, you know, he's not he, – he does not come with a cheap price tag. And so that's what Green Bay uh, has to deal with. But the NFC is wide open right now. If you're Brady, it's like, yeah, if I can get that Divas that can perform like they did a couple of years ago when we won the whole thing, we're good, and I can get some a uh, better running game. Chris Godwin's back. If I stay healthy, that offensive line plays their role, we could possibly win it again. Yeah, that'll be interesting too. I think that's probably one of the reasons why he came back. I think he probably, like you said, he probably saw that roster is like, you know, the defense is an attack. You know, they'll probably have to move some pieces around with mm-hmm. the old, old, you know, old line guys because a couple guys have left, but they can still, you know, still have a shot. You know, that that NFC is still still pretty winnable. So. We'll see what happens. It should be uh, interesting mm-hmm. there as well. Also, too, uh, another former Bears made the news. Uh, Mitch Trubisky has signed a deal with the Steelers, and uh, Mike Garofalo, to his credit, you know, with the NFL Network, he said, you know what, you know, he called it three uh, three days ago that you know, look out for the Steelers with Trubisky, and look, he look, it's right there for the taking. They're looking for a new quarterback now with a uh, big bed retired, so he has a shot. And again, we'll see if that offense, you know, kind of you know, peruse very well. With that, with his style, but you know, I know that you know Trubisky is kind of like been a cult figure here in Chicago. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if this is the right fit for him. 
Yeah, I could, like I said, I have nothing personal against Trubisky. It just didn't work out here. Uh, a lot of it due to now ex-head coach Matt Nagy. Uh, we won't go any much further with that. But uh, Trubisky looks like he's going to have some decent weapons around him. Of course, Najee Harris had a good year running the ball for the Steelers last year. You still had Chase Claypool, and you have James Washington as your wide receivers. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster, who's been one of the top wide re- 10 wide receivers in the game over the last few years, years of the first few years of his career he's a free agent if you're pittsburgh do you try to bring him back or dare i say it is he a a a good fit for chicago even though they're rebuilding and justin fields needs weapons around him if you're the bears do you go after juju smith schuster well, there are rumors about that, right? That perhaps maybe the other Bears might be in on uh, Smith-Schuster. Uh, but if you're Smith-Schuster, I mean, do you try to maybe perhaps go to a contender instead? Because the Bears are unfortunately not in that position yet. So if you're, you know, you're like, I think he's been around. He's really been around forever. He's only like 24. So I know that you know, he's been around mm-hmm. forever, it seems. But uh, if you're, you know, you're going into your peak as a wide receiver, you know, do you want to perhaps maybe try and maybe try to go to the contender if there's money available? So, I, again, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Bears have tried to, you know, go for him. But, again, you just don't know. And, I, I, you know, but also, too, you know, the Bears are not in win-now mode. If you're Smith Schuster, mm-hmm. you want to go someplace where, yes, you can get, them, get some money, but they, yeah, you want to go to a team that's also in, in win-now mode. Yeah, if you like you say, if you choose Smith Schuster, you uh... – your your perfect situation was to get get paid and go to a team that that's in the win now mode. You tasted the playoffs before earlier in your career. Of course, Big Ben, who's now retired, had uh, a big part to do with that playing on those uh, Steelers teams. Uh, sometimes you get both, sometimes you don't. But we'll see what Juju Smith Schuster does. Uh, he deserves a big payday, but. Well, they get it from the team that wants him more. So, and 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 that's the price you pay in pay in free agency. Yeah, it should be a fun one. There, I'm sure he's going to be. I'm sure the Bears. I've also heard uh, the Cardinals. I've also seen there are a couple other AFC other AFC teams that you know might be vying for his services. So he'll definitely he'll definitely have his choices of teams to go with. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see what what direction he <laughs> goes. Um, goes with here. Uh, Jarvis Landry is another name that's being flown around. Perhaps maybe for the Bears some. I've I've seen some Bears fans say that you know maybe how about you know let us try and you know probably get you know, Jarvis Landry but again you know you're going with a guy who's what like 28 now and you know mm-hmm. you're going past your peak in a wide receiver so you know five time Pro Bowler what what what's a good fit for him? Well, if if he I was gonna say if you get him on the Rams but I don't know if the Rams really need him I know Odell Beckham Jr. is a free agent I know he's gonna miss a, at least the first half of next year due to the injury he suffered in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. but uh, could could the Patriots be in play for Jarvis Landry man they need some playmakers to go with now second year quarterback Mac Jones out of Alabama could I hate to say it, the Dallas Cowboys be in play I know Amari Cooper was traded uh, to uh, to Cleveland so. Could that could that be in play? I don't know. Could Washington be in play? They need another wide receiver. You have Terry McLaurin, who was injured in and out in the lineup last year, but he when he's healthy, he's one of the top 15, 20 wide receivers in the game. Mm-hmm. And so could Washington be in play? Now you have Carson Wentz there. Yeah, yeah, that's another. Those definitely going to be some teams there as well. Maybe Baltimore. You go inside division and perhaps maybe go with Baltimore. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's another team that might be you know could be vying for a service. They got some money uh, left over in the cap, so mm-hmm. that should be interesting. Darius Smith has been released. Like, you know, we we told you guys about that. You know, it's more of a cap thing. So 
Like we told you Baltimore is one team that's being floated around. Um, see a couple other uh, names being floated around as well. Some people even said maybe perhaps maybe bringing you know coming in for the Bears. <laughs> I, I yeah. don't know, but that's you know, he might that might be a fit. They're, going, they're switching defense, so they, that could fit better for him. So what do you think about Darius Smith? Uh, I know some people, including our guy Sean Sierra and old Sean and Maya, the morning right here on Sports on Chicago every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from nine to new Central Standard Time. He he would say that the Bears should kick the tires on him. Uh, if the Bears were in win and win now mode, I would say yes, but. I don't think the Bears are going to go after him. I can see a team for, as you mentioned, for Sedarius Smith services. Maybe Baltimore. May uh, I would say Dallas, but you know they still got to get under the cap, so I yeah, think I Dallas say. is out. Could yeah. it be the Rams? You know they always sniffing around. They know how to manipulate <laughs> the salary cap. Yes, they do. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams less how to do that. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. He's and also too, yeah, I think this team has some cap room, especially after that Russell Wilson trade. That's the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that would be a nice little pickup. That's a good young defense, and they can use the services. Yeah, they'll say brush up that defense. You know, that defense is actually pretty good, you know, uh, youth-wise. So, yeah, that could be a nice little fit. He's only 26, so that could be a nice fit for him as well. So, yeah, so there there are a lot of guys that can definitely – there are a lot of teams that can say definitely fit, you know, with Zadarius Smith, you know, for his services Mm -hmm. as well. So the the teams are there, so we'll just have to wait and see if he picks – which one he picks. Yeah, it should be interesting as the free agency opens up around the National Football League. You're listening to Second City Sports, live in the Living Color for a Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Lakina, let's transition over to baseball. Um, and um, Free agency has kicked off since the CBA was <laughs> uh, – the lockout was lifted uh, last week, and the CBA, I believe, is officially been ratified now. Of course, both our local teams, the, the Cubs and the White Sox, are in camp. Spring training. Training games start later this week, and when we come back for our next episode on Friday, I think the first games uh, would be uh, are were are about to start. Right, as they will be yeah. starting by the time we hit the hit the air on Friday. But the White Sox made a couple of big moves over the weekend. They picked up reliever Joe Kelly uh, mm-hmm. from the LA Dodgers, uh, a two year deal with the option for a third in twenty twenty four, and also they picked up Josh Harris in the second baseman, but the former Pittsburgh Pirate in the Oakland A for one year. And they picked up another pitcher as well. I like the moves that Rick Hahn has made for the White Sox. Joe Kelly is key. Unfortunately, my guy Ryan Tapera, who was part of that Craig Kimball trade from the Cubs and Nick Magical deal at the trade deadline last year, he's not coming back, unfortunately. Nope. But the White Sox bullpen, even at this time last year, it looks a whole lot better on paper than it did a year ago. Yeah, you definitely so- upgraded in uh, with uh, Joe Kelly now. Unfortunately, Kelly will not will start. Well, missed the first couple of weeks because of a forearm strain, so he's going to be mm-hmm. he's going to be sitting for a little bit. But uh, yeah, this is a nice pickup for the White Sox. I mean, look that that middle relief field. You know, they definitely they still got to address that. And like, hey, look, get ready for those. You know, the pouting. You know, Joe Kelly uh, gifts. You know, for that to be you know be a <laughs> here. You know, especially when they play the Astros too. I got to look and see when they first play the Astros because uh, he mm-hmm. and the Astros are very good friends. Uh, not not very good, you know, for real you know, reasons that you guys probably know by now. Uh, Google it if you don't. But uh, yeah, look, it's a nice pickup by uh, by him by the White Sox. Josh Harrison, a great veteran utility guy. You know, can play infield, can play outfield. He can play outfield on those on those mm-hmm. days where uh, Eloy shouldn't be. That's a whole nother. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be looking, I'm gonna be lying for that all season long, folks. You know, this is gonna be a theme here. Uh, so uh, get ready for that. <laughs> you want uh, him to go in that uh, net again, like he did a couple of years ago? Yeah, no, no, I don't. You know, he might hurt himself even worse if he does. So 
we'll we'll see yeah. but uh yeah um but yeah i mean this is a good good pick up there for the white Sox. i feel like you know look rick Hall knows how to do this you know let, let's not you know no one you know should be a rag on him for any moves that he makes because it looks pretty good he's still look you still need a middle reliever so we'll see if they can get that Mm-hmm. And you know, maybe get another extra guy you know, to replace Mandrigal. You know, but Harrison is that guy because he can play both mm-hmm. in infield and outfield. But you know, maybe get another guy there. So look, these these uh, MLB uh, moves are going to be uh, coming in fast and furious. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. Now, if you're uh, a Cubs fan, uh, Carlos Correa, I don't know. I mean, look, you got, you got Andrelton Simmons, which is a solid, you know, guy at a kind of a, a, a bargain price. You know, can play. You know, sort of similar. You know, he's a little bit older. He's about like 33 or something like that. It wasn't very good the last couple of years, you know, because of COVID and, and such. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they think that's a nice pickup. I mean, could they still be in on Korea? Now there's rumors that Korea might just sign a one-year deal with, you know, the Astros. Or, you know, it's just it, – I, I, who knows at this point? I mean, my, my, I mm-hmm. just – let's just pick somebody. Freddie Freeman is also a name. You know, I know uh, the Yankees. We'll talk about that trade they made in a, in a, in a, in a second. But mm-hmm. uh, it looks like the Yankees are out on him. The Dodgers are still, you know, trying to, you know, go at him. I think Atlanta, although they may not have the money, that's another issue. So, you know. Yeah, me... just breaking, yeah, breaking news on the Atlanta uh, Braves. Uh, according to ESPN, the Braves and the Athletics uh, Oakland are in agreement on a deal that will send all-star first baseman Matt Olsa to Atlanta, according to Jeff Passan. Okay, so that's another, uh, that's another uh, nice little pickup for Atlanta, so. But I think so. They, know, I assume that Freddie Freeman is not going to come back to the ball. I, if that, if that's the that's case, what it, that's what it reads to me. I could be wrong, but that's what it reads like to that's me. That's what it sounds like because he kind of plays a very similar uh, position as Freeman. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, does that mean that they're out on uh, Freddie Freeman the Braves because of that trade? Maybe you know Matt Olson is a really solid young player for Oakland. I'm thinking Oakland, you know, they're getting a lot of, you know, uh, minor league guys back. So this is probably mm-hmm. like to kind of, you know, re try to restock that farm, that farm system. So yeah, with Olsen coming, I think maybe they're out on Freddie Freeman. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we will have to wait and see. Also too, uh, injury news as uh, camps are spring training uh Camps are underway around baseball. Fernando Tatis Jr., who's one of the best young players in baseball for the San Diego Padres, he had his injury issues last year. He's going to start uh, the year 2022 ah. on the injured list. Uh, he's going to be shelved for the next three or four months uh, with a wrist surgery. And uh, the San Diego Padres, I forgot who their new manager is now, but uh, they, they had a playoff spot uh, well in reach uh, last year. They blew it with a bad second half. And uh, we we all know about the issues that those players had in that clubhouse, so which led to a managerial Bochy change. Bochy is back. Bochy is back at the yeah. uh, with the Padres. So this is probably not the news he wanted to hear. So mm-hmm. uh, Bob, no, Bob, I should say, but uh, you know, I don't think this is this is a uh, uh, news he wanted to hear coming back into the into the managing folds. Yeah, they compete. You're not happy. <laughs> yeah, uh, they competed with the Dodgers, especially early last season. But you know, they ran out of gas when they played the Dodgers again. Of course, they were the uh, the third team that was left out of the playoff spot. Of course, San Francisco had a magical year winning that division. Of course, the Dodgers uh, took the wild card from that division. Now, Fernando Tatis Jr. since 2020 uh, with MLB rank is minimum of 500 at bats. Uh, uh, check out these numbers in home runs: 59. That's tied for first. Slugging mm-hmm. percentage. Uh, 598, that's first. OPS, mm-hmm. 163, fourth. Hard hit percentage, 57.8, first. Uh, war, his war number, 9.4, that's second uh, in the in Major Leagues. All best among shortstops during that span in Major League Baseball. 
So uh, San Diego is going to miss a lot. And up to three months. That's not counting rehab. So he might exactly. miss like half the season, you know, you know, sort of like condensed season or not. You know, this isn't good if you're the Padres. If you're if you're a Padres, you're hoping to challenge the, the Dodgers and the Giants for the NL West. I mean, this mm-hmm. takes a really big step back. So I, I don't know. I mean, it's unfortunate that this has been a problem the last few years with Tatis Jr. that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But Good. Oh gosh, you, you feel for them and you feel for the Padres as well because I, I'm sure they were hoping that maybe they could finally challenge, you know, really challenge for the NL West. But this mm-hmm. isn't that. Like, that's not going to happen. At least not right now. But again, that could change when he does come back. But it might not be till July or after the All Star break. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll see. Uh, Nelson Cruz. This will make your White Sox fans happy. He is signing with the Na- with the Nationals, so you won't see him too much. You may see maybe see like. <laughs> Maybe once, but that's about it. Uh, Fifteen yeah. million uh, there. You know that deal uh, was made last night, and also too a big trade between the Twins and the Yankees. The Yankees are uh, the Yankees get Josh Donaldson and Isaiah Kenafalifa from uh, from Minnesota. They you know they uh, said they they don't send Gary Sanchez, but they do um, get you know they they're going to the Gary Sanchez Gio Yershella Yershella. They're going to Minnesota, so. I don't know what the twins are doing, but uh, they, 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 who who knows? But uh, so, what do you think about that trade, Sid? I think the Minnesota Twins are rebuilding. I know they're trying to be competitive, but I don't know if that's going to be enough this year. Like, it's, we'll we'll do our baseball preview um, once we get closer to April seventh, uh, opening day. But the Yankees is mostly addition by subtraction. Uh, Gio Urshela, he was one of the young guys. He just didn't pan out. Uh, Gary Sanchez, he was supposed to be one of the big name stars from the catcher position, but he's been hurt over the last yes. few years. He un- underperformed, so I think many Yankees fans are happy to see him go. Now, Josh Donaldson, of course, uh, he had that beef with uh, with uh, G- uh, Lucas Giolito last year, the White Sox, and he decided to pick on Nice again, the White Sox TV analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. Now, Josh Donaldson's in the bright lights uh, with the New York Yankees. Uh, I don't know if he's going to uh, talk smack about the Red Sox or the, uh, or the Tampa Bay Rays, but I think this uh, is a decent addition for the Yankees. We'll see what the Yankees get out of him. Yeah, that'll be interesting there and, and as well. And I'm sure Yankees fans are happy to be rid of Gary Sanchez. So uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll see. I mean, look, they, we'll see how Josh Donaldson performs under the bright lights. So we'll see uh, what happens there. Uh, Toronto got a, got some starting pitching, which they desperately needed. Uh, Kikuchi, that should be a, that's a nice little pickup for them. Uh, Carlos Rodon is going to the Giants. How you feel about that? Says a two-year, forty-four million dollars. I know he rejected the team's qualifying offer. I believe it was eighteen million dollars. So he tested the free agent market. And as we said before, Lakino wasn't surprised if he was going to leave. Yeah, good, good luck to him in San Francisco. I know we're coming up next month on the one-year anniversary of that no-hitter against yep. the now formerly known as the Cleveland Indians uh, <laughs> team. But I think it's going to do well for San Francisco. I know that's a uh, pitcher's ballpark out there. Uh, no, I forgot what the name of that stadium is now. Says so everybody wants to change their names to the original ballparks, but he's going to do well for, for San Francisco. Uh, we all know that how hard he works just to get back on the field. He had injury issues a couple years ago. Uh, he finally started to uh, uh, get it together last year. He had a good year. And so, uh, so I think he's going to help out San Francisco. It, like it's $22 million a year for two years. And uh, he deserved it. So good luck to him. 
Yeah, yeah, basically, he definitely deserves it, and we'll see how he does in San Francisco. Phillies agreed to a one-year deal with uh, lefty reliever uh, Brad Hand, so that was a big that was a big issue for them last year. Was the bullpen? So we told you, yeah. That's why they uh, lost that division to Atlanta. Yeah, so that's you know getting a nice veteran guy that can eat up innings and middle relief. That's a that was a huge get for them and a much needed get for them. So we'll see what what happens uh, there. Uh, I'm trying to see there are a couple because these things are coming you know, look, like NFL, MLB. These signs are coming fast and furious, folks. So we're we're telling you as quick as we can get them. And uh, going back to the NFL, uh, Zach Ertz got a nice uh, three year uh, extension to stay with Phoenix. I, with the, the Cardinals, let's just say with Arizona, so that should uh, that's a nice little uh, win for them. And uh, look, I think the Cardinals, I think they'll they'll take care of Kyler Murray in time. But you know, they got two other guys. You know, they got they resigned Connor, they resigned Ertz. So nice pickup for them. Yeah, it's a nice pickup for Arizona. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, of course, and now he's putting his stuff back up on social media. He loves the Cardinals again, so <laughs> he has a nice target uh, with Zach Ertz. Uh, he Zach Ertz made a difference. Uh, um, uh, with the Cardinals offensively last year to be in trade for Philadelphia. It gave Murray another weapon. So it, it, it was a good signing by, by Arizona. Now I know we have a, a, a couple minutes left before we have to break for the bottom of the hour, but I want to go back to the White Sox, Lakina. I know they got their second baseman and Josh Harrison, which was a very good pickup by GM Rick Hahn. Mm-hmm. But the, just in case you, know, you don't get Michael Conforto in right field or end, or you don't trade for a right fielder with Craig Kimbrough, uh, would you go with the combination of Gavin Sheets and Adam Engel as your right fielders? I would. Yeah, I would. I think. Look, you've got the you've got you got the depth right there now, thankfully. So mm-hmm. I would say, yeah, you know, go switching around. You know, switch around. So you got maybe in the infield. Like I said before, he also plays outfield. I really want him to play outfield whenever. Uh, I'm gonna keep saying it too. So I'm blue in the face until Eloy. <laughs> you know, with Eloy, <laughs> you know, I don't want him hitting any nets like he did last year. He's so, still gonna be a starting left fielder, Lakina. I know, I know. Uh, you, you're more annoyed than I am, but. Uh, oh, 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 <laughs> but uh, hopefully, we won't see too much of that. So you, you got, you got Harrison. You got you know, some other guys that can play. That's that very versatile too. So I, I'll, I'll live with it. But you know what? I think I'm just glad they got more depth in the infield because I think that's that's another thing that was really needed. That that they really it showed last year in that uh, that series against the Astros. And also, too, the White Sox need a backup catcher. It looks like Zach Collins, uh, 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 the Sox have, uh, gave him a, a few opportunities. He, he just has a pan down. He was the first-round pick for a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I know Yasmani Grandal is coming off a, a couple of injuries. It, it showed, especially in that, yes. in that playoff series against Houston, right. where Houston was uh, constantly stealing on the White Sox, and White Sox couldn't do anything about it. So the White right. Sox need a, a backup catcher, seriously. So I, uh, we'll see who they pick up uh, in the free agent market. Yeah, that should be. Yeah, there's still look. There's still guys. I know there are guys that are still uh, that are in spring training right now as we speak. But there's still a lot of you know, dealings and signings coming up. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, so we got to take one more break. Still a lot to talk about. Still, and we'll break down any more. Um, you know, uh, crazy news, trades, all that stuff. You know, if Freddie Freeman signs somewhere or if Carlos Correa signs somewhere. Also, too big news in the media front. Looks like the Monday Night Football. A crew for ESPN. They finally have you know have a solid uh, a solid lineup. So you know we'll talk about that. Sydney Brown, Lakina McGee, Second City Sports, Sports of Chicago. We'll see you in a couple minutes. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
NBA tomorrow night, the Bulls back home. They'll host the Cavaliers. It'll be a 7 o'clock tip-off at United Center. Chicago snapped a five-game losing skid with a 114-108 win at Detroit on Wednesday. The Bulls are fourth in the Eastern Conference, three and a half games out of first behind the Sixers, Bucks, and the Heat. The Cavaliers have won two straight. They're sixth in the East, five games out of first. NHL Thursday, the Blackhawks fell 4-3 at Boston. Brandon Hagel had a pair of goals for Chicago. Alex Dabrinkit with a goal and an assist. Kevin Lankinen made 32 saves. The Blackhawks at Ottawa tomorrow night. The LA Chargers have agreed to acquire defensive end Khalil Mack from the Bears in exchange for a pair of draft picks. The Chargers are expected to send a second round pick this year and a 2023 sixth round selection to the Bears for the three-time All-Pro defender. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Okay, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you're not shopping spring essentials at Kohl's, you're missing out. I just got 20% off the cutest outfit from Sonoma Goods for Life, 25% off Hurley, which my son loves, and 25% off Champion and Adidas. Did I mention I also got an extra 15% off and earned Kohl's cash? Here's to longer days and more time to save. Select styles, 15% offer ends March 20th. Hurley, Champion, Adidas, coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or for details. How do you make the most of your mow? Tony and Melissa do it on a John Deere Z530M Z-Track mower. Jump out of the house, a cup of coffee, and I'm at work. You're riding around, it's like going on a go-kart. And for Rodney, he uses his John Deere X350 lawn tractor to turn his yard into... A happy place. It's a great place to do Tai Chi. I work on my mind, body, and well-being. There are millions of ways to make the most of your mow. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deere.com. Nothing runs like a deer. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the live Monday edition, live in the living color, right here on Sports Zone. Chicago, Sid Lakina here with you. Last segment of the show for today. Lakina, we got less than a half hour left in, uh, left for this segment. If you have a question or a comment for us, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, you wanted to lead off this segment by discussing uh, the Monday Night Football booth for ESPN. It looks like it's finally going to be complete. Although it doesn't official yet, but uh, looks like Joe Buck, you know, in a trade with, uh, I guess, ESPN, they have decided to uh, leave. He's decided to leave Fox a year early to go to ESPN and rejoin with his buddy uh, Troy Aikman. And uh, again, again, this isn't official yet, but all signs, according to Andrew Marchand from New York Post, um, saying that, you know, that this like they're going to be reuniting. And uh, yeah, this looks like, you know, this could be uh, something that's really special. We've we talked about this the last few weeks. Um ESPN has had a really like, you know, they've had like kind of like a log jam of guys that, you know, going back and forth, you know, some did not, you know, come to fruition and matches have been very good. Now that you have a solid lineup, that's proven a proven lineup, you know, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Now you have, you know, that, that, that you might be able to, uh, to specialize and have, you know, those great, you know, great games that ESPN has been vying for with a new TV deal excited to kick in next year. And also, too, remember ABC is part of that uh, Super Bowl mm-hmm. rotation as well. So, yeah, um, uh, ESPN had to solidify that lineup as far as the announcing team is concerned. Now, this is going to have a domino effect with uh, CBS and Fox for sure. Now, Al Michaels is he still head over to Amazon to do the Thursday night package with Kirk Herbstreit? 
we shall see who's going to be the number one team at Fox. Will it be Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson both moving up to the number one slot? If that's the case, who's going to who's going to vie for that number two spot? Will it be Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma? Will it right. will it be uh, Bader Moose Johnson, who I believe should move back up to that uh, number two spot? We'll see. Yeah, also to Joe Davis. Yeah, that's another rumor, too. He's a great young broadcast from right here in Chicago. Uh, mm -hmm. He does yeah. the Dodgers games during Dodgers the regular season. So, uh, so that'll be interesting as well if you know they use him as you know, well. But you, get, but you got to get Kevin Brokaw and Greg Olson since they're already there. They have a their nice rapport. You know, the number mm -hmm. two team, you, you would think that they could just, you know, promote from within and just make them the number mm -hmm. one team. Because remember, too, uh, Fox is going to have you know, two of the next three Super Bowls. They have mm -hmm. the one coming up this this coming season, also two uh, next year, too, as part of that new TV deal. So this is going to be very interesting, though, to see what they do because they've got like, they got some depth there as well. And, uh, yeah, and uh, ESPN, it, you know, looks like you, get, you finally got their – they finally have their tandem now. So it is a proven one, too. So and remember, too, like you said, so 2025 is going to be when uh, ESPN and ABC have the Super Bowl. Also, too, some of the Monday Night Games will be on ABC and ESPN as well. So mm -hmm. that'll be interesting to see. You know, now that you got a, a really solid tandem. And, uh, again, should be uh, fun how Fox decided to do this because I don't, I'm sure they weren't, expect, they weren't expecting it. I think one of the things is, uh, as part of that deal, I believe what they're saying is that um, I think like one of the, the Big Ten games, because they both share uh, Big Ten uh, TV rights, you know, this mm -hmm. year maybe a perhaps selection on maybe a certain game. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll find out in the fall which game does does Fox trade, you know, the, the ABC uh, trade, you know, with Fox for. Assuming that uh, Burkhart and Greg Olson move up to that number one slot for Fox next season, uh, do you still grab an outside, uh, outside the company uh, TV voice to fill that number two or perhaps number three uh, slot? before the NFL at Fox, or is Sean Payton, the, the former head coach of the New Orleans Saints, is he still at play? Yeah, that's interesting because, like we've been saying, the only thing with, uh, with Sean Payton is that, you know, will in a couple of years, will he kind of get that juice back? And if he has a nice opportunity, does he come, does he go back to coaching? So especially with, you know, two of the next three years, we know Gray Olson is retired for good. So that's not going to be an issue, but, uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, like like, like you said, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens here because I feel like this is going to be one of those things where you wonder, okay, uh, do you go within? Do you try to maybe get an outside, you know, guy? Do you get maybe a Sean Payne to come in? It, it's it's going to get very – this is when it gets really, really interesting. Yeah, we should see what happens with the NFL broadcasting teams uh, coming up in the weeks and perhaps months ahead. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports on Chicago. We're live in the 11 color. Sid, the Kina are here with you. Still continuing on the sports media news front. Peacock, the NBC Sports, uh, NBC streaming service. Peacock's package of MLB games will reportedly air on Sunday mornings and afternoons. It will be exclusive, according to our good friends at Awful Announcing. Peacock's games will be taking place in a weird window. And is by Joe Lucia from awfulannouncing.com. It turns out that MLB streaming deal with Peacock isn't for isn't for the midweek non-exclusive games dumped by ESPN in their new TV deal with MLB. No, it's not for a brand brand new package of Sunday games with start times as early as 11:30 a.m. Eastern time. That's 10:30 a.m. In the central time zone. This news comes from the Wall Street Journal, which reports that the 18-game package of games will be on Peacock's premier tier and will mm. indeed be exclusive, meaning they won't be available on MLB TV. Ah, boo. I yeah, boo. I don't know about that. I don't boo. know about that. 
extra innings or the regional sports networks of the competing teams. That means they have exclusive rights. Exclusive. Oh, gosh. Here Ooh, we go again. Yeah. This yeah. is not, this is not, I don't want to cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off, mm -hmm. but this is not, this is not a way to grow the game. This is not, especially if you're trying to, you know, especially with the, the with the off days where you got, you know, folks, you know, especially with the, with the light schedule in the NBA and also too with the, you know, with the tournament and such. I, I just don't, no, I, I just can't see them doing exclusive. No, no, that's not going to work on, on Peacock too, especially if it's the, the, the premium service. Uh-uh. Yeah, here's an excerpt from that uh, Wall Street Journal uh, story. The deal with NBC Universal and Unit of Carcass Corporation will involve a package of 18 games, some beginning as early as 10.30 a.m. Chicago time <clears throat> and oh others gosh. just after uh, 12 o'clock Eastern time, the people said. That will limit the conflict with Sunday games that typically start at 1 p.m. Eastern time, making the telecast more valuable for Peacock. The games will primarily be played on the East Coast. Ooh, that means Yankees, Red Sox. Oh, gosh. Oh, the Yes Network and Nesson and Boston. They're not going to be very happy with Ooh, this. No, boy. no, no. They're not going to be happy with this at all. And, yeah, I, I this is this is like, wow. This, this is just, mm -hmm. especially with the exclusive part of it. Yeah. No, this, this isn't going to work. Continuing. The games will be available exclusively for paying Peacock subscribers, meaning customer, uh, consumers wouldn't have access through traditional cable TV packages or other streaming services such as MLB's direct-to-consumer app, the people familiar with the discussion said. Under the terms being discussed with MLB, NBC Sports will produce the pre- and post-game shows as well as the games. The first game expected in early May when uh, would air on both NBC's broadcast network and Peacock. The people familiar with the discussion said the rest of the 17-game package will be exclusively on Peacock. Sunday afternoon games were part of the, uh, Turner's old MLB deal, though many of those games lacked full exclusivity, which they are correct. Uh, the new TV right. deal Turner has with MLB contains exclusive Tuesday night games, just oh. like they do with the NHL on Wednesdays and, of course, the NBA during the regular season along with their Thursday package. Um, and so that's so that that's the, the mm. gist of the story, oh, Lakina. Uh, you, uh, yeah, yeah, no, we talked no, about baseball no, growing no, the no. uh, growing the game, especially with the young young um, fans in, in the younger demographic. I know a lot of people are going to uh, um, uh, they stream their games just like yours right. truly does uh, mm -hmm. in some occasions. But right. making it exclusive, it depends on how much it is. And if right. it's a lot, I know many teams are going to do this. I know NBC Sports hasn't said anything yet, especially regarding uh, the teams that they have just like locally here in Chicago with the White Sox. Right. I know the Cubs were discussing it with their uh, Sinclair, mm -hmm. which owns yes. the Marquee Sports Network. I know many teams are discussing that, and eventually they, it's going to get to that point. But how much would you pay for Peacock with that 17, 18-game uh, schedule? If it's too much, I don't think too many people are going to go on board. Yeah, I especially think that's not being uh, available as part of the extra innings package. Well, especially if you're trying to, like, like we've been saying, you know, we were trying to you know, grow the game, and this is not the way to do it. And I feel like, you know what, this is definitely going to be one of those things. You're like, oh dear, this is this is not how mm -hmm. you do it. Especially exclusives, like you said, you get a Yankees, you know, Yankees, um, Yankees, Red Sox. You're not gonna <laughs> or Yankees, gonna... Uh, Yankees, Tampa Bay Rays, and it's exclusively on Peacock, and everybody, not everybody can watch that. That, that what? What's the logic yeah. of that? Also, too, if you got you know Dodgers, uh, Giants. I mean, people mm -hmm. actually care about that uh, that West Coast rivalry. 
Yeah. Really? Really? I'm sure they're going to try to get one of those games on that uh, streaming uh, service. So not very smart by, by, I know this is more of a business decision, but this is a not very smart move by uh, MLB here. But again, you know, you never, you know, you always definitely want to count on MLB when it comes to making questionable decisions. Let's <laughs> just hope it doesn't affect my white socks. <laughs> I, uh, well, you never know. I mean, especially the White Sox, I'm sure they're going to do like a lot of contending teams. So if as expected, yeah. the White Sox do uh, contend again this year for the Central and for other things, you better believe that they're going to try to get them on the, the Peacock Network as well, especially since they're on NBC Sports Chicago to begin with. That's what I said. <laughs> you kind of mm-hmm. seen the, uh, the, the calm before the storm, but we'll see uh, what happens with that, the Lakina. Uh, continuing with our sports media news theme, uh, the broadcasting teams were announced last week for uh, March Madness in conjunction with CBS and Turner. The, your announcing crew for the first four uh, games, that's Tuesday and Wednesday from Dayton, Ohio, are as follows. Tom McCarthy, speaking of baseball, he's the Philadelphia yes, Phillies, Phillies TV announcer, Phillies and he does part-time work for CBS with the uh-huh. NFL. Every Johnson, Steve <laughs> Lavin, and John Rothstein. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got Rothstein uh, doing the, uh, on the big kids' table, too, in that front. Uh, he's actually, uh, Coach John's actually pretty good on television. I think he might have found his niche, but uh, that should be a fun one. Of course, we, we know how uh, great uh, Steve Lavin is. He's been doing, he's been doing this forever, so... Mm-hmm. You know, this should be that should be a fun one. Um, yeah, uh, they're doing the first war. I'm thinking there are a couple. Yeah, of those Tuesday games. and Wednesday. Yeah, even 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 the 16 seed games are usually pretty good. So I know there's some some talk that maybe they should kind of deal away with them. But this is sort of like a nice way, especially for those 16 seeds, to say, hey, look, we at least we want a tournament game. We'll probably hear a bus kick by the number one seed. Well, that's your UNBC from a few years back against Virginia. But that's but I digress. But yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> but you can make it say that you you won the the six the, the one NCAA tournament game. And that means those coaches keep their jobs. We all know the, what the real bottom line is as far as that. Exactly. Uh, the rest of your announcing team before the NCAA tournament this year, Iron Eagle, Jim Spinarco used to do the next games together back in the day. And Jamie Erdahl is one crew. Brad Nessler, Brendan Haywood, and Evan Washburn is uh, another crew. Andrew Catalan, Steve Lapis, and Andy Katz, Andy Katz former ESPNer. And he's with the Big Ten Network now. But Steve Lapis, he's kind of a poor man's um jack armstrong those of you who don't know who jack armstrong <laughs> is he's a high energy uh tv yes, analyst for the toronto La- uh, raptors uh steve lapis is a poor version of that in, in yeah. a respectable <laughs> way i like him yeah yeah he's really good i love him and i love him and andrew together they're they they have a nice little report what's what's what what poor as well easy for me to say you know trying to speak a little bit of french here but <laughs> But uh, our, our buddy Spiro D is also going to be a part of that this yes. year. He's going to be with uh, Debbie Antonelli, who is who's actually really good, by the way. She's one of those you know people that have been around forever. She's like kind of like a Doris Burke. He's, he can do both men's and women's, and also AJ Ross, who is another rising star over there at mm-hmm. CBS. They're going to be doing it. They're going to be actually going to be doing the games in Milwaukee, I believe, starting yep. on, Friday, on Friday. So uh, that should they got some good games there too. Also, running out the announcing crews: Brian Anderson, Jimmy Jackson, and Allie LaForce. And the, yeah, they, 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 I think there's like their third or fourth year together. So yeah, and of course you're gonna have Jim Nance, uh, Grant Hill, and Bill Raftery. Bill Raftery as your number and one. And of course crew. Tracy Wilson on the uh, yes on the sidelines mm-hmm. as well. And of course uh, Kevin Harlan, Dan Bonner, and Reggie Miller, and Dana Jack- Jacobson. They're gonna call the Illinois. Uh, Tennessee Chattanooga game, and they're uh-huh. gonna call the Loyola Ohio State game on Friday yeah, morning. 
Yeah, they can yeah. So yeah, we want to get a screaming Kevin Harlan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you're gonna go get a lot of you know Kevin Harlan energy calls. So you know, get ready for those Illinoisans. Um, but yeah, I think Brad Litton, Brad Ness, I think is gonna be a part of one as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, who's he paired with? I forgot who's he paired with. Uh, let me go back here if my screen can let me. Brad Nessel will be teaming up with Brendan Hayward and Evan Washburn. Oh, okay, that should be a good one. Oh, and Brendan Hayward was actually a pretty good. Uh, he's actually pretty good if you see him in the studio. So yeah, he's actually good. He's actually he might. Yeah, I think he's done a couple of games for them too. So you get a nice little make sure you know get new people. You know, old uh, uh, sort of old guards, if you will. I see they brought Reggie Miller back because he didn't do it last year. I guess cause mm-hmm. I think because I think because of COVID too. I think they did the bubble, so now it's a little more open. Now you know you're gonna get guys traveling all over the place too. And also don't don't you know don't expect a lot of your know, TNT uh, games because TBS will be showing some of the games. So that's probably why you won't be seeing too much of those games for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and one more announcing crew: Lisa Byington from um, the Milwaukee Bucks, the first full-time female TV voice for an NBA team. She's going to be paired up with Steve Smith. Avery Johnson and Lauren Shahadi from MLB Network. I know you're a big fan of uh, Mrs. Lauren Shahadi, and uh, yes, also too. Uh, yeah, those those two, well, those those three are going to have a lot of fun together. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lisa Lisa it's... could keep up with them though. I think you know, she'll she'll be fine. She's a Chicago girl, so she'll she'll be just fine on there. But uh, yeah, those are your announcing teams for the uh, for the tournament on the men's side, and also too, you got to give some love to the women's side. We got to give some love to the women's side. Mm-hmm. Also, and I'm going to be part of that March Madness uh, marketing. You know, finally, you know, it's been forever, but you know, I heard uh, Rebecca Lobo said that they wish they had done that when she was going. Of course, you know, they, you know, her '95 uh, UConn team, you know, beat Tennessee to go undefeated. But uh, yeah, so you know, I think look, I think it's finally you know time for the women to get their due as well. They're going to be part of the the bracket challenges and stuff. So. Your, your top, your Louisville is your top, your number one seed in that tournament on the women's side, and uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, you know, it should be uh, interesting. You got Louisville, uh, Stanford, the defending champions, NC State, and also to South Carolina too, with our girl uh, coach Don Staley. So uh, yeah, so uh, you know, check out the women's tournament if you if you want. You know, it's always going to be on ESPN's Family Network, so they're getting the first four as well too. So they're all getting, they're kind of finally getting their due there. So uh, you know, check out those games on ESPN and on the rest of Family Networks. You're listening to Second City Sports live in Living Color on the Monday edition right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. We got less than 10 minutes left in the show, Lakina. Uh, speaking of college, uh, women's college hoops, before we move on, I know that ESPN has been promoting their upcoming 30 for 30 series for ESPN and ESPN Plus for the next, uh, uh, assuming episodes will be released in the next few weeks. They have one on Bill Walton, yes. uh, the Derek yes, Jeter yes. series. <laughs> and uh, I want to see, I'm sure this, uh, hopefully this is going to premiere on the big network. I want to see the 1996 uh, USA women's team uh, basketball team. I of course, it, they I won. I think it will. I think it, uh, I think, and I think and it of course, they won gold yeah. with the Olympics uh, here in America in Atlanta. Of course, that's which uh, which helped propel to start the WNBA. The the WNBA. I'm truly wanted to want to see this one. That should be an interesting one too. And I think you know how all behind the scenes out out of all that because you know a lot of things happened in the '96 uh, Olympics. You know, being here in in the states in Atlanta, but you know that was sort of like the start of you know the women's uh, domination in uh, basketball, and also too with the the WBA and you know uh, launching as well not too long after that. So mm-hmm. you know that should be that should be a, a good one there. I think that Derek Jeter one is like five or six parts. Yeah. So. Um, Okay. <laughs> um, oh, oh, I, I guess. 
you know that that's a lot but you know yeah but i think i'm sure they'll they'll do with that with all that so that should be interesting one too. The fascinating one I'm looking forward to is uh, the Bill Walton one because yes. I know they're <laughs> going to be covering a lot, <laughs> everything, and he'll he'll share everything. So and I'm sure yeah. you know we'll see Dave Patch. You know we'll see some of his his former teammates. I'm sure you know Larry Bird will also be doing some interviews as well with them. Of course, his days with the Celtics. Also in Portland, Portland won their first uh, big time title. Mm-hmm. So you know that should be a that should be an interesting one there too. Yeah, let's see if Kareem Abdul Jabbar uh, appears in that series too, because uh, he was the first guy that big superstar that played for uh, the late head coach John Wooden at UCLA. Of course, Bill Wallen was compared to him for most of his career, and they did uh, uh, battle each other throughout their NBA careers uh, as well. And so I want to see if he he's on there. So, like you said, Bill Wallen tells everything. I want one quick thing uh, about Bill Wallen before we move on. Mm-hmm. Well, they give a mention that he did work with Jason Benetti in a Sox game against the Angels a few years ago. <laughs> I, I want to see how much time they give to that one. I don't I'm not think saying so. you give it a whole half hour, but how many minutes are they going to give to that? Will Bill Wong calling the baseball game with Jason it depends, Benetti? It, it depends <laughs> on how, how when, when they um, when they film this because I <laughs> I think that's going to be the thing where you know that's going to it's going to be when they filmed it because if it filmed it before then you know, yeah you probably won't see it too much of that <laughs> mention too much of that. Yeah, and speaking of streaming services, we continue with our streaming service thing. Apple has dropped a trailer for They Call Me Magic. The four-part docuseries premieres on April 27th on Apple TV. And of course, that's the their last dance version of the uh, document series mm-hmm. about uh, Magic Johnson, which the company recently won the bidding war for, bidding war for. Uh, scheduled to appear on this documentary series will be Larry Bird, Actor Samuel L. Jackson, how much he screams, we'll see. <laughs> Michael Jordan, LL Cool J, Shaquille O'Neal, Barack Obama, former President Barack Obama from Chicago, Snoop Dogg, Dwayne Wade, Jerry West, and Michael Wilbon, Michael Wilbon who's also from Chicago um, with ESPN. And that's uh, and that's just the starting list. I want to see if some of his old, I'm assuming his old teammates are going to, from the 80s Showtime era, is going to appear with them as well. But I want to see if one of the guys is going to appear on that documentary. And you know, he was all up in the cameras and he was a he was a big time uh, late night TV host back in the late 80s and into the 90s. Arsenio yeah. Hall. <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't appear on this, something's uh, wrong. Unless well, he declined. Uh, I want to see Arsenio Hall. Uh, yeah, imagine. Woo, he might have declined. Papers. Yeah, he might have declined. <laughs> he might have declined that. I don't know, but maybe, maybe he will make an appearance. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I'll be interested to see. Uh, you know, if you have Apple TV or you know, maybe I'm sure he'll stream it somewhere on YouTube. You, know, you guys could definitely check that out. But uh, yeah, that should be a, a fun one as it usually is. I mean, Apple TV, like I said, won the won the bidding wars. I'm sure you know it's a money thing. So that's part of why. But I'm sure they'll they'll have it on YouTube at some point if you don't have Apple Television. But that should be a fun one, as it usually is. And they've done some really mm-hmm. good ones with uh, with Magic. Um, for all you golf fans, also to Greg Norman, they're going to be doing a, a doc on him right before the Masters on April fifth. So that should be a fun one. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll, they'll talk about you know, his uh, collapse at the '96 uh, Masters with uh, I guess Nick Faldo and some of the others. You know, some other. You know, he has some. He had a couple of tries. He did win a couple of majors, but probably could have won more. So that should be a fun one too. Speaking of golf, for those of you who are watching the uh, the players over at TPC uh, Sawgrass, they actually it actually has been raining there, so they're actually going to be starting the final round shortly. Uh, the the final round as we speak. Uh, Cameron Smith from Australia, he's leading right now. Uh, Paul Casey 
is a third place. But, you know, that's 16, uh, 17, I should say, uh, over a TPC. I mean, with the wind, that could be feast or famine. So we'll see um, some of the other players that are right there in contention. Keegan Bradley, Justin Thomas is also right there as well. Um, he's a few shots back, so we'll see if minus 12, that's where Cameron Smith is right now as this recording. We'll see if that's the winning score. But, you know, the, the win shouldn't be a factor, you know, at this point because, you know, it, it has died down and it's nice and pretty out there and sunny. So for all you golf fans over at TPC Sawgrass, Players Championship going on right now, that's that's on ESPN Plus streaming. So for those, well, yeah, that's on ESPN Plus, so it's a Monday finish, so. I'm sure NBC, I'm sure the Golf Channel will have some coverage over that as well. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. So all you golf fans, please check that out. Um, a couple of uh, – another firing here. A couple other news real quick so before we uh, wrap up. Uh, Frank Martin has been uh, fired as head coach of South Carolina. Really couldn't get the really, couldn't really get the ball rolling there like he did in some of the other places he's been at. So that was a, a tough you – know, tough um, – that's a tough firing for for him, and I'm sure. I think they both, made it in 2016 to the Final Four, and it's been downhill did. since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With his son, I think was one of the big parts of that <laughs> was a walk on on the team, but <laughs> they weren't able to capitalize on that, so uh, they parted ways there. Also, too, Christian Kirk has left uh, Arizona to sign with the Jags. Hmm. And, Trevor oh, Lawrence gets a new target. We'll see yeah. what happens with that. And he and, and he and Kyler Murray are good friends. I'm talking about him, uh, him and Kirk. So mm-hmm. that might not make him pretty ha- very happy. The fact that his best <laughs> his best targets is leaving. Yeah, they'll have him scrub down any other any other stuff of Arizona, but we'll leave that alone. Uh, going back to baseball again before we give out our final four picks in, in, in college basketball. According to ESPN, just a couple moments ago, MLB is to test robo umps pitch clocks, larger bases, anti-shift rules in the minors for possible big league use in 2023. Well, people have been calling for robo-ups forever, so if it does work Why? in the minors... Well, Why? Uh, well, I think, you know, to get rid of... The kind Talk of about thing. the robo-ups. Well, I mean, the, I think, you know, people feel like, you know, you don't want the Joe West of the world to be deciding, you know, things, so if you get robo-ups... You know, bigger base pads. I think you know, as big as this sort of this this desk I'm on, is that going to be how big the uh, the the bases are going to be? Some of this stuff. Look, I know they're trying to get you know younger people to tune in and watch, but this there there are other ways they can do it. They don't need to do this this craziness, but whatever. All right, now the moment is finally here. Lakina, I'll start with you. Who is your final four teams? Who's going to cut down the nets on Monday night, April fourth, in New Orleans? I want to uh, preface this by saying that, you know, at face value, please, I've got to reserve the right to change, especially if my brackets will be probably be trashed by Saturday. So, you know, what, what, <laughs> you know, what, whatever I have, I actually have Tennessee coming out of the South region. Uh, mm. Begrudgingly, I'm picking the Zaga, but then again, you never know. Um, coming out of the West, I have, uh, let's see, this East region is going to be tough. But I've got Kentucky coming out of the East in the Midwest. I have Kansas, and I have Kansas winning the whole thing. Again, please don't take it at face value. Out of the West region, I'll take Gonzaga. Out of the East region, I hate to do this, Lakina. And we're supposed to be so-called experts. I'm taking Kentucky. (laughs) Okay. Out of the Midwest, I'm with you. I'm going with Kansas. Because the road is pretty quote unquote easy for them. And out of the South, I will go with an upset here. I will go with Villanova. Oh, 
oh, okay. I can see. I can definitely see Illinois, Villanova perhaps. They got a veteran squad. They know mm-hmm. a couple of guys been on you know, one of those uh, championship teams. So I can see them perhaps doing that. And so in my final four, I'll have Villanova versus versus um, Kansas. I'll have uh, Kansas going to the championship game. In the other bracket, Gonzaga versus Kentucky, I'll have Gonzaga. Gonzaga will cut down the nets. Uh, they'll learn their lesson from last year, and they'll finally bring it home. Mark, Few and crew, get ready to celebrate down the Big Easy. All right. Okay. Uh, I got Kansas and Kentucky. Those are winning. Kansas and Kentucky going for the championship. I got Kansas winning it. So it, it, this should be a classic game. Like I said, I do have Gonzaga coming out of that, that West region. But, again, you've got some teams that might have something to say. Like the five, you got the five twelves, you know, third, you know, four thirteens, you know, and uh, will Illinois be one of those four and thirteen teams that get upsets? You know, it's only like four, four or five times. So we'll see. Should be a, a fun term as it usually is. With that said, I, you know, you follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Scrum McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. Don't forget to download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports on Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sports on Shy. Make sure you catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports, by subscribing to War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including that iHeartRadio app. And make sure you follow War Media at WAR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And don't forget to uh, go to uh, Sports Old Chicago's YouTube page or Sports Old Chicago's Facebook page to catch our exclusive breakdown of the brackets with our good friend Andy Mazer from WGN Radio that we did last night. We'll retweet out the links from now until Thursday to get you ready for the tournament. And don't forget to catch Second City Sports every Monday, every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, live in the living color right here on Sports Old Chicago. One more again, as you kids would say, every mm-hmm. Monday, every Friday, you can listen to Second City Sports live in the 11 color from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports Zone Chicago. All right. Yo, we're probably going to have even more news as we, you know, we'll talk more about it as we get into uh, on Friday because I'm sure there's going to be even mm-hmm. more news you know, for both MLB and NFL. So we'll have a lot to talk about still, of course, with the tournament going on in the background as well. For us, Sid, I'm Lakina. Be good to each other. You're not going to get vaccinated. Wash your hands. Wear your mask and uh, enjoy the nice weather that's coming up here in, here in Illinois because you know, it's going to be really nice and spring like. <laughs> so, for Sid, I like here. This is XC Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go, Bulls. Holla. Enjoy the tournament, everybody. <laughs>